gonna make sure that we ain't get out no uh, blah boom boom boom. What up? What up? Coop, how you doing, man? Happy Wednesday, brother. Good, clean still, but yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I can I can hear you. Say something. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you now. Okay, you was uh, it was skipping for a minute. Okay. Got to welcome everybody into the room. Y'all, I'm feeling so much better, man. I was struggling Friday. Jesus. Yeah. Thanks I, for fighting through that. Yeah, I was listening to the playbacks like, yo, man, it sounded like it was hurting me to talk. <laughs> Terminator 2 is in the building. Man, man, uh, Dumb It Down's in the building. Everybody's coming in. Come on, come on, guys. What up, fellas? Yes, what up, everybody? What up? Man, uh, NBA Finals start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's been a. You know what, man? I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. I've been watching like Fox Sports. I've been watching uh, ESPN, and I feel like nobody was talking about the fact that Steph has been the five finals with zero finals MVPs until I started talking about that. I mean, <clears throat> it's been like a real subject now. In fairness to you, you were. Um... Echoing those sentiments uh, before this podcast became a thing. So you're consistent, if nothing else. I felt like KD was watching us with the stove comment, Mike, but we might have a little bit of everybody on the hook. <laughs> no, I mean, it's real. It's like, and I, I was watching. Or, or you get word, you get word of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you travel through the wire, you know? Listen, I'm going to say this right here on this podcast, man. They go into this finals. I mean, because Celtics got home court, right? No, no, no. It's in Golden State, man. No, I think I thought the Celtics had. Excuse me, they're in San Francisco. (laughs) San Francisco. I thought uh, the Celtics had a better better regular season record. No, I'm not sure. Oh, somebody in the chat uh, help us out. Let me see. Definitely in Golden State. It's not a question of that. They're in the uh, Bayish area. Oh, let me, let me see. They were 51 and 31, whereas Golden State was 53. Yeah, you're right. Golden State has home court. Okay. Right. All yeah, right. you can go to you can go to Walnut Creek, but that's on the Frisco side. You know, everything we really ain't be around there like that. <laughs> but this is what I'm gonna say though. He's gonna have the defensive player of the year and Marcus Smart guarding him. Uh, the one thing that I will say is the Celtic team clearly doesn't have the level of experience as um, Golden State does. But, you know, the defensive collective that the Celtics are, and like I said, Marcus Smart, you know, being the defender that he is on a one-on-one level, if Steph goes out there and performs and get this finals MVP, then I'll shut up. But until then... Okay, I think I think that sometimes the whole experience thing in the finals not the situational basketball. In situational basketball it matters. But it, from the perspective of the finals, like understand like like the first time that Michael Jordan went to the finals, he played Magic Johnson. You know how many times Magic Johnson had been to the finals? Yeah. Before he had played Mike? How did right. that series oh that series went four one. Uh, when the Boston Celtics won their first title, well, their only title with KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, none of them had any finals experience. Who did they play? You're right. So so when people are talking about Golden State's finals experience, well, you have to understand what we really have is two teams that's constituted. 
they don't have finals experience playing together. And so it really doesn't matter that much. It's not like Golden right. State is touting out their last title team. Their last title team had kept Kevin Durant on it. He is clearly somewhere else. The last two title teams. Last two title and teams. And honestly, you know, and let's be perfectly honest, and I know people are going to say I'm bugging or I'm Skip Bayless and out. <laughs> But the one that they did win with that nucleus that you're talking about, the three guys, I mean, that's when Kyrie and Love went down. And like you said, the guys that they're depending on now have zero experience. So, I mean, these stats and analytics, they're so overblown. Like I saw, um, I saw, um, um, I think it was like a graphic, you know, it uh, it was a meme or whatever. And they were showing, I guess, Steph's. A playoff record in series in relation to like Kareem, Magic, Jordan, Bird, and all of that. And it's like, no, that's Golden State's record. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a little different. And again, and the only reason why I say that, and I know people are in the chat saying, I'll take a ring over finals MVP. That's fine. That's great. But see, when we're talking about finals MVPs, we're talking about individual accolades and you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, okay, well, he's winning these games like these aren't Golden State victories. But at the same time, he doesn't have the individualism for you to even say, you know, to even merit those arguments. You know what I mean? The reason why people say the stuff they've said about Michael Jordan is because he has six finals MVPs. Yeah. It's what it is. Like, they're... they're they're acting like he was a one-man show because when you look at those things, it appeared to be so. Okay, so <clears throat> I think what you'll find with, um, specifically with Mike, where Mike really separated himself, Michael Jordan separated himself, is, is that, well, he has more rings than Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and the same amount of rings as Kareem. And it's pretty much, you know, pretty much anybody with six, seven rings that didn't play for those early Celtics teams, unless you're Robert Orr, you know, I mean, you probably did something special. So Mike didn't have as much help as the other all-time great players did around him. Like, I weigh Hakeem Olajuwon's two rings very heavy uh, because he played in a very quality era. And who was the second best player on that team? Second best player on that team. Well, if you're talking about the second team, it would be Drexler, right? Yeah. Um, the team but that's an older Drexler. That's not like that is an older Drexler. Drexler. That's like 21, 22 point a game Drexler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I might say Vernon Maxwell. Right. So if Vernon Maxwell and Clyde Drexler are like your Robins, and you got two rings. That's special. Isaiah Thomas's two rings are pretty special. And so I think that really where it's not, it's not just that Michael Jordan has six finals MVPs is that they're all pretty like special too, in terms of like how he won them. And I think some people are kind of like starting to understate or not realizing like who he beat. It's like, no, he beat magic. It's like, well, he beat Barkley. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not, that's not like a small thing. Like, have you seen Barkley's numbers for the first 10 years of his career? Including that year he went to the finals and won MVP. Ray Realms with the Super Chat says, uh, why do you brothers think that Steph Curry's field goal percentage is subpar this year? I don't know. Getting older, <laughs> legs, I don't know. No, that's, very, that's a very simple question and answer. He's older, and he yeah. had to carry more of the load this season than he ever had to before. And, it, and what you'll see is that he started off really hot in the MVP conversation, but then wear and tear and attrition. And he didn't have clay, and Jordan Poole was still coming up. 
Jack Brown and said, is this ESPN? Uh, no, it's according to hip-hop. We're going to get to the hip-hop. But, you know, anybody who frequents the show know that we talk basketball sometimes, but mostly yeah. hip-hop. And we're going to be talking about the game today. He was on All the Smokes podcast, which correlates this to basketball, and the finals are coming up. So, you know, That's just it what is what it is. That's what we do. Somebody also asked, uh, what's more important, regular season MVP or finals MVP? Well, Look at who's won the past two MVPs in the regular season and tell me the answer to that. Well, okay, so that now that is where it becomes <clears throat> strongest because like if we everybody talks about like competitive nature and high stakes. Yeah. And so aren't the stakes the highest when what you're playing for is on the line? So so I do look at it differently. Like Michael Jordan going six for six in the finals without playing a game six with six finals MVPs, that's big. No, beating Clyde Drexler-led team in the finals, big. Beating a Magic Johnson-led team in the finals, big. Beating a Charles Barkley-led team in the finals, big. Beating a Gary Payton-led team in the finals, big. Beating a John Stockton and Carl Malone-led team in the finals, big. Guess what? The people Michael Jordan beat, like they're all top 75 players. Patrick Ewing, top 75, right? Yeah. Clyde Drexler? Yeah. Magic Johnson. Yeah. James Worthy. James Worthy is as well. John Stockton. Yeah. Carl Malone. Yeah. Gary Payton. Gary Payton, yeah. Look like he beat look like he beat people. <laughs> he didn't beat super teams per se, but yeah. No, but I mean when people he like beat you, who you, yeah. he beat Reggie too. Reggie top seventy five, right? <laughs> yes he is. <clears throat> didn't he beat Isaiah at the end? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of top 75 guys for one now, guy. Honestly, man, they would have beaten Isaiah. And never, and never go to a game seven in the finals? No, 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 that's big. That's bigger than anybody else's stature. I truly the believe they would have beaten Isaiah in 90 if Pippen wouldn't have choked and had, you know, three points in 37 minutes and a migraine headache in game seven. But it's a whole nother story. He was definitely primed to. So it's just like we just need to weigh things for what they're <laughs> worth. And so, like, when I look at Kevin Durant's final, so, like, when Draymond is making the comment, about Steph face more double teams, I'm like, well, why the hell? It's not true, first well, of all. Oh, let's stop for a second. Let's and KD confirmed that wasn't true. No, but you're not saying if it is true, why it is true. Well, who was guarding Kevin Durant? You know what? Listen, this no. is the thing. Listen, no, 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 no. I hear you. Kevin Durant, why would you call? Do you think LeBron James, Listen. who is considered by most to either be the greatest or second greatest player all the time, is calling for a double team on KD? Cool. Well, that would explain why there wasn't no double team. Cool. Because LeBron look for James the... was guarding him. Getting guarded by a top three all-time player. Hello. And even if that's the case, let's look at the why numbers. That out In 2017, KD averaged 35 in the finals. He was 35, 8, and 6. So you're double teaming the guy that averaged 26? Cut it out, guys. No, but when he's talking about the double team thing. They're making excuses, man. And that's what I don't like. talking about the double team thing, he's being guarded by a top three all time player. Do top three all time players call for double teams in the finals? Right. Now, that's true. Blue Collar Hustler says, Y'all can talk about whatever the hell you want. I appreciate that, Blue Collar Hustler. We're going to do that. But we are going to get on topic. You know, well, let's get the games one of the last things that I'm going to say when it comes to yeah. the Steph thing, and I know a lot of you guys are Steph fans, and really, when I'm looking in the chat, I don't see as many people defending him now as I did like a couple months ago. But either way, can you tell me some of his great playoff, I mean, not playoff moments, NBA Finals moments? He's been to five. Does he have like Hallmark moments like, um, like uh, uh, Giannis had last year? 
You want to know what's crazy? It's the last game that I remember him going off in was actually that uh, that, that last game that him and Durant played together where Durant got the triple-double. Steph was busting ass that game, but then it's like KD low-key was like messing around. He was so busy trying to win Steph the MVP that he messed around and got a triple-double and still won it anyway. Like, like Kevin Durant was literally feeding Steph the ball that game trying to help him get MVP. The fool still ended up with a triple-double and taking the MVP anyway. That's yeah, the last great game I saw him play in the finals, though. If you really want to know, he did play great that night. He did. You know, it's a little easier to play great when you got Kevin Durant on the other side. I, you asked, I answered. No, I'm just saying, but I think that the reason why those aren't going to be viewed as such because you got Kevin Durant on the other side. Um, it's not going to be viewed in a way like, you know, when LeBron went crazy in game six of uh, what was that? When they came back from going to state. Okay, see, you know, well, here's what I was saying. It's just not going to be viewed like, in that way. It's not going to be viewed in the way that Kawhi went out there and did what he did. We don't have those <laughs> moments from Steph. We just don't. Now, no, no, no. if you're talking I, about playing well in a route, when you're, you know what I'm saying, blowing the team out and you're going to win anyway. No, 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 really... I feel you because it's like special players have special moments. Like, I remember the first time I thought Durant was special. Do you remember when San Antonio had them up 2-0? Mm-hmm. And then he just started busting their ass and the San Antonio didn't win another game. I was yep. like, you don't do that to San Antonio in the playoffs unless you're special. So well, say, oh, to put it in context, that's you talking about the game when Kawhi went down? No, I'm talking no no no. I'm talking about the they did that to San Antonio twice. I'm talking about when okay. he was with OKC, he did that with Westbrook. That's what I'm talking about. They went down 2-0 and he was in OKC to that Spurs team with all of them on there and he went out and busted that ass. Yeah. That was like when he was like 25. That's when I was like, I'm like, oh, this got different. You don't do that to Greg Popovich teams in the playoffs while they still got all their horses and stuff. Like these dudes, <clears throat> like that, that guy different. So Steph doesn't have that. And this is what I mean about game six clay. If you go back and look at most of Golden State's big playoff moments, they belong to clay in game six. That's why they call them <laughs> game six clay. Including including against Durant and Westbrook, because, I mean, Clay in Game 6 is the one that really turned that series on his heels, and OKC can never get a grip back after Clay busted their ass in Game 6, right? Yeah, you're right. They weren't the same after that. that so, all right, before that. we get into the topics, right. though, who you got in this series? You got Golden State or you got Boston? What's your prediction? You know, I was thinking Boston in 6 based on how I thought they were going to do, but it's looking like Boston in seven, but still Boston. I think the, I think the, um, the matchups, just when you isolate them, uh, favor Boston, defensively speaking, in terms of who they can match up with and not have to really, like, they can play off of these guys. Like, when Steph and, and Draymond do the switch, it's like, no, no, no. I mean, that might be like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart switching off. They're perfectly fine with that. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they're not gonna get they're not gonna get the looks that they got against Dallas or against Memphis, quite frankly. Memphis's best uh, you know, perimeter defender was suspended essentially for two games. Yep. You know, John Morant got hurt, so they really didn't get to see the best of even their backcourt pressure. Well, I mean, John's not as good defensively, but I think Boston's a lot more battle tested in this playoffs. Um I do think that Golden State does have the experience. Uh, where it matters in their leadership, um, I like. You know, my gut says. I mean, I don't know, man. My gut says Boston, uh, like, but Boston. I, I would like to see Golden State be able to pull it out. You <laughs> this know, is what so I mean. Steph can get over this hump. But I, I, I don't know. I think the lack of experience is 
is going to be a thing possibly, but Boston's never really shied away from that. They have a level of experience, even though they're young. I mean, let's let's keep in mind. I mean, these guys have been to multiple conference finals. They have together before so it's not like they haven't been on the break of this before but what i would tell you is that see this is one of those potential special type of rings for jason tatum because it's like well if you can pull up your like championship your first championship and say well i beat kevin durant Mm -hmm. Giannis antacupo jimmy butler and steph curry led teams at 24 years old and the second best player on my team is jalen brown that's 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 that Hakeem type of special stuff. That's that Jalen Brown's good. Special stuff. Jalen Brown's good. He so just signed to Kanye, by so the way. Joe Dumars. Too. I mean, I love Jalen Brown. You think Jalen Brown's better than Joe Dumars? Because I don't. Especially defensively, J- J- Joe Dumars could actually beat Michael Jordan one on one. Relatively. Well, well, that was more team defense. I don't no, know. No, no, I no, think no. that. Like I think Jalen Brown has a lot more. I mean, I'm not going to say at this point in his career he's better than Joe Dumars, but I think when you look at the overall. Uh, of the player, we talk about you know size, you know what he's able to do, the versatility. I think he has some more upsides than uh, Dumars does. Oh, he has more upsides. Yeah, because Dumars is the undersized too. You know what I'm saying? The Finals MVP. You do understand that, right? I'm saying. I mean, you said that was more important, right? I said that. I mean, but look, he hasn't been in the finals yet. I think he, if he ended up being a Finals MVP, I wouldn't be surprised. Jalen Brown could play. No, Jalen Brown. And he's he's signing to uh, Kanye West. You see that? No, I did see that. I thought that to loop this back around the hip hop. I want to hear more about that too. What him and Aaron Donald did, just because I didn't even, you know, I just want to hear more about it in general. Uh, Nas the Ghost says Jordan took control, but Steph is a team player. That's cool. But sometimes, you know, when in these trying moments when you're playing against the best team, the best player has to step up and taking over. Sometimes is being a team player. I mean, I'll take, I'll take six for six, you know, with no game six. How about that? I think that if it goes six or seven, no game seven, I think it goes six or seven. Golden State's legs are gonna be, you know, it's gonna it's gonna come down to that. Like their legs are gonna be washed to the point where they're not gonna be able to shoot the three. But I think they're old enough and experienced enough to know when that's coming up. And kind of, you know, do some driving instead of settling for the three. I think Golden State's past that stage where they're going to just settle for the three, like Dallas was doing. I think adjustments are really going to make this series. I think so, too. Um, Yeah, so Kanye has signed um, Jalen Brown to Donda Sports. And so he has a sports agency similar to the way that, you know, Rock Nation has theirs. And I think it's a dope move, you know. Yeah, Aaron Donald, too. Aaron Donald, okay. Yeah, he got Aaron Donald too. I Defensive think, tackle. You know, Los this Angeles. is my thing, man. I think that the youth rocks with Ye more than they do Jay currently. I think that, you know, and I say this respectfully because, you know, Jay Z's one of the greats, but the way that LeBron and KD's era looked at Jay Z in that way, I think that the younger guys coming up look at Kanye in that way. Am I off? You're not totally off. I think I think with Jalen Brown, you're more on. With Aaron Donald, that's what I mean. I want to hear more. Aaron Donald's a little bit older. Like, I think Aaron Donald's closer to 30. Okay. 30, 31. And so that would put him somewhere between the two of those guys. I and mean, so even, even if you talk 30, 31, right? When's the last time Jay dropped something for real? And to the point where Jay, it was Jay-Z, right? 
he probably was in his early 20s. No, I mean, I would just, like like I said, Jalen Brown's much younger, and so it's like I can totally see that. He's probably yeah. literally grown up hearing yay his whole life, like literally. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I can totally see that. I just want to hear more like about the Aaron Donald thing, and also, too, for the age and for the stage of uh, Aaron Donald is at in his career, because Aaron Donald is probably going to get another massive contract, and then that is all. Jalen Brown is probably going to get another two, at least, if he stays healthy. So that's what I want to hear more. I'm interested to see what um, Down to Sports is going to do. I like, um, you know, Kanye being in the sports agency space. I like the more people of the culture in that side of the business, um, you know, creating jobs and, um, you know, providing, you know, financial advice and opportunities, uh, you know, basically coming from people who actually care and who aren't going to sit there and watch you go broke. Now, I will we'll give that to Jay-Z, Rock Nation, and the fact that they got into that space in a time where nobody was really in that space. Mm-hmm. And their selling point was the fact that, look, we've seen so many people go broke, uh, so many pro athletes, and these agents just, you know, skate in the wind and say nothing about it. We're here to make sure that doesn't happen. And we haven't seen any of those kind of stories with anybody that's been represented by Rock Nation Sports. Uh, Ray Rams with the Super Chat says, One thing that uh, is jarring to me about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is they rarely make key assists to one another. They don't make each other better. Huh. You don't think they make each other better? Well, you might not be able to see it, but they give each other space. And sometimes when you let somebody do their thing, that kind of makes them better, too. You're not crowding them. Yeah, Mike and Scotty didn't play like like the Carl Malone, like John Stockton game necessarily. A lot of the time it was just them letting each other do what they did. I mean, Mike more so than... Scotty Pippen was incredible, you know. And people don't give Scotty enough credit. Scotty Pippen was incredible. He did a lot of the things that didn't, quote-unquote, make the highlights all the time. Of course, his dunks, but... You know, just the way he was able to zero in uh, defensively on any key player. Yeah. That's like some some cornerback shit. Like, that's like some Deion Sanders, I'm going to take your guy out of the game type no, of no, shit. No, no, that's exactly who That you was. might not really <laughs> see, and it might not make the highlights, at least in basketball, but it's I mean, there. So, so, like, defensively, much like Deion Sanders is considered one of the greatest defensive players of all time but when people say the greatest people uh, usually lean towards Lawrence Taylor or Reggie White you know but here's the thing that Dion had over those two guys is that Dion could literally take somebody on your other team and take them away and that was Scotty defensively in his prime when need be yeah and he was the best ever that at least I've seen at it and for people that like have seen Kawhi uh, like in his prime defensively one on one, I would say turn that up about two or three notches. And, you and would Pippen, ask I mean, you know, obviously you're going to be a great defender. You're guarding Michael Jordan every day in practice. But the thing about both of those guys, you never see them gas. No, no, they were going to be in shape. Shout out to 007 in the room, man. I talked to 007 offline, man, and we had some really great conversations. He wanted us to bring up AZ today, and we're going to do that. But uh, 007 says, GS and six, patiently waiting for game four. Drillmatic gave uh, Shay Noir a listen. Uh, okay, gave Shay Noir a listen, and she's the female Benny. 
That's a compliment. Jay can't drop because trends today are shorter. Peace and love. And remember, Wu-Tang is forever. You know, that's one of the things that 007 said to me yesterday. He said, Jay-Z is scared to come outside right now because AZ is making do or die too. Nas is on the run that he's on. Black Thought is doing what he's doing. And Jay-Z doesn't know where to poke his head in. And listen, I know Jay-Z's an incredible lyricist and, you know, he'll figure it out. But I guess you kind of just got to figure the approach right now. Like, it's so many different lanes. What lane do you jump in? I just want to let you know, Wu-Tang is forever. He's totally right. That's all I heard, Mike. When he said Wu-Tang is forever, that's all that's I heard. That's all you heard. <laughs> Wu-Tang is forever. Okay. And everybody. But yes. All right. So this month, I think they were saying that Nas is, uh, has a Tribeca premiere this month. Um, and we also got Lupe's album coming at the end of the month. And Drillmatic is coming June 17th. It's called Drillmatic Mind versus Heart, the game. So he did an interview with All the Smoke to kind of pull all these things together. You know, uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson's podcast. And those guys talked a little bit about basketball and a lot about hip hop. Mm-hmm. Game talked a lot about a lot of things. He addressed everything. You know, mm-hmm. Game is kind of like on an interviewing level. Very similar to Kanye. And it's funny that he mentioned Kanye and their, you know, battle outside of like Nike Town or something back in the day. Those guys are really, really similar. And when you talk about like, I mean, obviously they're very different individuals, but the way they approach the game with a little bit of honesty, whether you agree with them or not, they seem very real when they speak. You know what I'm saying? Which makes for a very entertaining interview. This interview was only an hour. I thought it was a very, very dope interview, but he addressed everything. I think for an hour and 15 minutes, it's definitely very filling. He is a very entertaining interview, whether you agree with him or not, quite frankly. You know, like like whether you like his sentiments, his statements, his viewpoints, uh, whether you feel like you're being, um, whether you feel like there's some hyperbole uh, involved per se. With some of the, his, uh, with some of his thoughts, feelings, some of his ethos, you know, he makes for a great interview. This was insightful. It was entertaining. There was a lot to pull from it in a very brief amount of time, which is a mark of somebody who is a good interviewer. Because I feel like you, it's like, man, you know, it usually takes you uh, about three or four hours to get this much information out of somebody, right? But he's so, uh, he is so candid and so forthright and so free flowing that you can see uh, why there's so much information in this interview, why him and Kanye have such a close relationship and so forth. And I think the fact that um, it stands out that he's had a really great career too. Like to be that interesting, you have to have a pretty great career. Well, I would say what's the first part of this interview you would like to unpack? Because there's there's a lot of places to go in a very brief amount of time. That's what I mean. There is a lot of places to go. Uh, I was thinking at first, I was thinking the Dre thing that he said uh, in correlation to Ye, and I was thinking the Mm -hmm. Eminem thing. But I do want to go to the doctor's advocate thing he said. Okay. And he was talking about, you know, Kobe Bryant and the fact that Kobe loved doctor's advocate. He's always talked about the fact that he thinks Doctor's Advocate is his crown and achievement, where a lot of people think the documentary. And I didn't realize that he came; he went to New York 
to record that. I didn't know that either. And so that that reminds me a lot of Ice Cube in America's Most. And we're dealing with the same person. Ice Cube left NWA, left Dre, with the Bomb Squad, recorded this in New York. So hold on. So so to piggyback off of uh, of your notation of that, because I had noticed the same thing of what as well. Yeah. Well, one of the things that he goes through in this interview is discussing what happens to him in the process of after he got shot in terms of how and why he picked up MC and what he did. And he is literally somebody that has, he was sitting there recovering from his gunshot wounds that was studying what the previous legends before him had done to be great. And so what is Ice Cube's first rabbit that he pulls out of the hat as a solo MC, Mike. Oh, what, Boys in the Hood? No, I mean, as a solo MC, he moves, he goes to New York. Oh, yeah. And makes America's most. So this is game kind of sticking to the script of his own story about how he studied things after he got shot, because it's a move straight out of Cube's book with the same person involved, like with you this. so duly noted. It's <laughs> Which crazy. is very ironic, don't you think? It's very, it's very ironic. It's very ironic. And on top of that, Mike, it's even more problematic. It's very problematic that and, it's the same mother. And you know yeah. what? I think that the overall scope of this, I mean, even with this part of the story, is him just talking about, you know, no pun intended, people playing the game and playing nice. He said, look, the reason why I didn't get all of these things because I didn't play nice. Even down to the, the quote-unquote, you know, him going up into the Interscope office you know, whatever, whatever, that reminded me of Cube, too. Remember that story where Cube went in there? Like with know a baseball bat? Like, wasn't, it, wasn't it like a baseball bat, though? Yeah. Or a lead pipe or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like, like that, you know, allegedly, you know. Allegedly. Yeah. A instrument of destruction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very Cube-esque, and I've never compared game to Cube in any <laughs> stretch of the imagination, but their approach to things... Their whole no-nonsense way about, quote-unquote, not playing the game and not playing nice, they're very similar in that way. Um, and, I, and I did games approaching that way. You know what? I'm going to be honest. When I first heard the documentary or first heard game, I wasn't <laughs> impressed. I didn't get it. I thought he was overhyped, yada, yada. And I see some people in the chat saying game's overrated, whatever, whatever. But over the years, game has improved his skills immensely like i would say from doctor's advocate on and it's no denying that i mean 400 bars man like and not to mention his battle he's been battle tested and he's one of those guys that say what you want to say about him but you don't want to get in the back and forth disc record wise with game well, he said something very true about himself, even into his relationship with 50. He was like, well, 50 don't play with me, but so much because, you know, I'm going to keep it going. <laughs> well, he said, and again, it's funny, man. Like, Game kind of says some things that we say on this show. Seems, seems like fun? Game feels like about 50 musically, like you feel about 50 musically. I don't feel that way. See, people got to understand that it's like, I think some people think because I speak with passion that all of these feelings are like personal thoughts that like, I've like, like, like gotten myself to believe in my mind. And then I come espouse them out on this podcast in an emotional fashion. But I'm just saying, I, I try to look at things from the perspective of a fan and what somebody is capable of doing versus what the output is. And so when you make an album, 
like Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah. And then the subsequent projects after it. I mean, like, literally, there's more classic stuff on that album, probably, or is on par with than everything else that he did after it. And so that means that stuff's not that good to me because I'm measuring it based on what you're capable of. We can just stay in your box and your wheelhouse. It's like, well, if you're Ice Cube and you make War and Peace, it's like, do I like it? It's like, yeah, but it's like, if you really want to know the truth, it's not America's most. Yeah, it's like, if I want to hear Ice Cube. And it's definitely not death certificate. So it's like, don't tell me that it is. And that's all I'm really saying about him is like, don't tell me that this stuff is something that it's not because it's not that. Mad Max with the Super Chat says, yo, what's up? Y'all feeling y'all feeling today? Y'all going to tune in to Dub Aurora. This is one of me projects. One on my project. Yeah, 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 yeah. Send, send it to us, Mad Max. You know we rock with you. Yeah. Um, I think send we got stuff. some spam up in here. Send the stuff. Yeah, send the stuff, of course. Um, but okay. What were we saying? Yeah, Fifty is not really into the music like that, and I and I listen. I I agree with that part of it. No, okay. he's right about that too. Yeah, and you know, he said when it comes to the music, Fifty don't want no parts of me. Now, I think the part that I like that he clarified in the way that he did clarify it. People think that when it comes to Eminem, the game is cloud chase. And I think that he clarified very well in the sense where he's like, listen, I'm just letting y'all know that this guy's not the best. And he even said, because people like pulling up the clip where the game, um, you know, said Eminem was the best and this and that. He even said they had us thinking that Eminem was the best. It's fine for him 20 years later, people, to feel like, you know what? I don't feel that way anymore. Where's the proof? Where's the so, evidence, as my man Coop would say? And so 20 years after the fact that people start putting this notion out there that Eminem's one of the goats, we don't have the musical evidence. We just covered last episode that one of his biggest songs, the most revered song, the song that he did at the Super Bowl, Lose Yourself, wasn't even the hottest song on the uh, 8 Mile soundtrack when it was out. Wankster was. And I don't care how much Wikipedia searches y'all can do. When that shit was out and people was outside, as my man Jarv says from the Rat Roundtable, Wankster was the record that was playing off of that soundtrack. It was not Lose Yourself. Man there with the Super Chat says, Game did say Cube is his goat. So he filled his suit. Go ahead, Cube. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Because I'm about to go in. No, yeah, I, I, I felt you coming on. That's why I just went ahead and backed on up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want no smoke with you, Mike. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. I think some of the most striking things that he brought up here was, well, he brought up how, well, 50 played nice. M played nice. Look at the numbers that they did because they played nice. What could I have done had I played nice? And so he's kind of letting you know in code how the industry really works. And he's telling you in so many terms, it's like, yeah, like they tried to blackball me, but really the New York DJs got behind me and saved me and didn't have a choice but to bump me because my second album was really just as good as my first. But the label didn't want to push me because yeah. I had pushed around the guys who really were the bullies that didn't play nice with me first. I push back. I go to New York and these guys playing nice are the ones that get to sell all the records and get all the budget and get all the notoriety. And listen to what you're hearing this from the mouth of somebody who 
just sold five million records for the company. Yeah. And so And who was around all of this? Who's before around all of this? any of it even jumped off, with the exception of Eminem's early stuff. But yeah. So, so I thought that was the most striking the, the his most striking points in here with me, and maybe it's just because I'm into like like us being more financially literate as time goes along in my life. I just understand the value of our financial literacy in this community even more and more as I become older and become even more financially literate myself is, is the financial literacy moments, which is what when he's talking about Ye teaching him about the money and how the business side of it works. Well, I thought that maybe if Biggie would have been here, maybe that's what he was trying to say about Jay and looking up to Jay. Because that was actually where I went when I thought about it. It's like, well, he had reason, even though they were of comparable age and in the game at the same time. And you can keep in mind, at the time, game's doing bigger numbers than Ye out the gate. Yeah. And so, but still, probably looked up to him because he's probably looking at like, hold on, why your money look like that? My money look like this. And Ye, and Ye probably like, well, you signed a four different types of money. You know, you well, like, I think the other thing of it, too, is you the You signed to this that... guy, you signed to that guy, you signed to that guy, you signed to that guy. They all got to get a check before you get a check game. Game like, damn, they all got to get a check before I get a check. He like, yeah. He well, like, I think they really knew that, pay. right? I think they knew that, not to interrupt you. I think that the thing is... No, I don't think he knew I that. I think like the that. game felt that, you know, this was family. Like, and this is one of the things that hip-hop used to sell artists on, like, you know, Rockefeller family and this and that. And this is why Beanie Siegel and, and everyone else who felt a certain way really felt emotional about it because these guys sell this whole thing as family. Puff Daddy and the family. So whenever... Somebody, when big homies on something, you're thinking, okay, that person gonna teach me. That person's gonna put me on. And one of the things the game said that really stood out to me was the fact that said that Dre didn't teach him anything financially, and everybody got on Game's case when he said that you know Kanye's done more for him in this past week than Dr. Dre's done for his whole career. He was saying that Kanye spread it the wealth, the wealth of knowledge. That's what it was about. And it's not real. And I think a lot of the times those guys signed all these different contracts because they think that, okay, if I tie myself into this person, this person's going to look out. I might get hit on this end, but, you know, they're going to look out for me somewhere down the line. You know what I mean? And it never happens. That down the line never happens. And somebody who he was never contractually obligated to in Kanye West was the one that actually shared the knowledge. So I think I believe it's on um, it's on the doctor's advocate. It might be on old English mm -hmm. or I forget which one it is, or it might be the doctor's advocate song. One of the songs he kind of alludes to the financial um, disarray, so to speak, because he says on the doctor's advocate last year, I spent one point five million dollars on my niggas. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Like, he's letting you know financially, like, what he's doing for his crew. I mean, it's like, if you know what what his four-way contract, I mean, who he had to pay? Like, Interscope, Aftermath, G-Unit, Shady, right? So four different cycles of, 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 you know what I'm saying? All five million records, it's like, oh, well, that's not smart to spend $1.5 million, you know, like, on your crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got it like that. You know what I mean? Tabbing that with... Uh Tapping that with the super chat, let me get some of these because it's kind of building up. He says, uh, 50 ain't the MC game is, but game ain't half the songwriter that 50 is. Game consistently backflipping, ruining his co uh, comments credibility. Well, I mean, people change their minds. Uh, Miss LB says, 
Uh, did y'all see Hit Boy on Sway? He played the track from Drillmatic. It sounds like it's going to be fire. I heard it. You heard it, Coop? No. You ain't hear it? No. Shit was hard. And Sway was going crazy, yeah. Uh, Hit Boy played like a little snippet of it. If you want to, go on the Twitter real quick while I'm talking to the people. And it's, a, it's a real quick snippet, but it's hard. If you can find it. But yeah, um... I think I'm not that, going off. I'm not going to give the whole, you know, it's a 30 second snippet. It's a 30 second snippet, but yeah, like, it's is, hard. I, I mean, does it sound like Ali Boumaye or something? Sound like Ali Boumaye? I mean, nothing sounds like Ali Boumaye, but it's it's hard. <laughs> it's enough to make you anticipate the album and what you're going to get. Because, you know, again, Game said in this interview that this is best album. Um, you know, everybody says that. Everybody now. says like, that. No, Doctor's Advocate, if he feels like Doctor's Advocate is his best album, though, I would agree with him on that because he did put that album together by himself, and he is a much improved rapper. Like, I listen to tracks. I told you, Scream on him is one of my favorite tracks because it's like, no, I mean, like, he can really rap rap. Okay, 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 he can rap rap rap. Dumb It Down says, y'all gas and game. Nobody in the chat feels him. Yeah, that's, that's wild to me. I, I I don't know, man. Like Very I said, rude. I was one of those people that really wasn't feeling him at first. Uh, what's that? So that's very disrespectful to Game. Game's put out a very quality catalog. He has. I think the people don't like Game as the individual. I think this is a little bit of T.I. type stuff. Um, And you know what? I think the other thing, too, man, him speaking against Eminem's greatness, <laughs> that never gets you any fans. And I think that's why a lot of people are so reluctant to be honest about the fact that they're not listening to Eminem in the, uh, in the ride. You know what I'm saying? When you're riding out with four folks or whatever uh, Stevie Jackson was saying, you're not going to pop in that Eminem. You know what I'm saying? Nobody in 2000 when the Marshall Mathers LP was like, you know, riding out about to head out, head on the road trip, wherever. Nobody's like, yo, man, put in that Eminem, dog. I mean, nobody in the locker room is getting ready to go play a game and getting hyped up and like, yo, man, you heard that new Eminem? Throw that shit in. You so remember back when, is- like, I remember when the Blueprint came out, speaking of which, and I know uh, I'm going to get to that Renegade statement in a second, too. But you remember when we used to go out, I think it was in Buckhead in Atlanta, man, like the strip. You could tell what was popping based on what people were playing from their cars. You mean strip, the steakhouse? No, not the steakhouse. I'm just talking about like the strip where cars and people were passing. People were walking. Cars were passing by. And you were seeing people just, you know, bumping their music as loud as possible. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Nobody is playing any Eminem music. So I think this is some of what happened with that. I, and, and and I've always said this, and I <clears throat> and I believe I've echoed the sentiment on this show. Is it like, well, Shady Nation says, "Lose yourself." I'm playing that shit in the gym right now, and your name is Shady Nation. Go ahead, Coop. I'm sorry. No, you're all good. Jesus. Well, Christ. I think when he did Any Man on Soundbombing, as a hip hop fan, I was excited because I thought we found. A guy who was white, who happened to be in love with hip hop on a fundamental hip hop bars, rhymes level worth of spitting. And really what happened was, was that he got signed 
to an Interscope subsidiary, which is Dr. Dre's subsidiary Aftermath, and they put him in the machine. He was a hip-hop MC once upon a time. And I think what really happened, and when people are saying, well, we really don't bump his shit, it's that's because they never made any sort of effort to really make him make hip-hop records after that. That's why I still bring up any men off of uh, off the sound bombing, because it's one of those few times where you just hear him like in dope-ass rapper mode, and that's mm. actually what he's best at, Mike, is just being a dope-ass rapper with fly words But can he sell records like that? I mean, when you're white and you're signed to Interscope and you have Dr. Drake. I mean, I mean, game already broke down the game for you. He's like, well, you're white, so you're going to pull in a white audience. He's like, well, you got Dr. Dre, so you got the streets. It's like, well, you got Interscope, so you got the machine. It's like, no, he wasn't going to lose. And so was he probably going, like, Mike, it wouldn't have, some of these songs that are on the album, they're not of hip-hop orientation, and that's the problem with it. It's like, if you want to do that whole single thing, like, I think Guilty Conscience is probably the closest him and Dre did to a, like, a rap single. You know what I mean? On some hip-hop shit, right? I agree with you. But if you want to do all those other songs, well, it's like, give us an album of a lot of that dope rap shit then. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, you got Dr. Dre, which means you pretty much got access and resources to anything. And it's like the fact that you don't have a catalog where we can go listen to your best stuff and hear about three or four hip-hop songs where you're on some rap shit, Mike, because that's what you really do best. And that's really what got you in the door, even with Dre. And all of those guys, it's like you were white, but you were dope on the mic. It's like, go give me like, no, there's no excuse that there's not a primo record at this point. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, no, 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 you don't get the skip. You don't get the skip through that hoop for how dope you are as a lyricist and an MC that they said and that I've even heard from you early on. So it's like he should have just jumped through some hip hop hoops and we wouldn't be having these conversations. He didn't jump through hip hop hoops. He jumped through industry hoops. And that's why we're having this conversation. Well, he was a pop star from the gate, right? Like you said, he had the rap foundation, but he crossed over immediately. And so I think that in that whole notion, he didn't build up like other artists, you know, had to build up. But see, this is my thing. I don't think that on those records and if he made some rap shit, I don't think he sells those records. I just don't. Uh, Double Down says, uh, with the super chat, hold that thought real quick, Coop. He said, uh, Double Down says, I love T.I. and this is not about him. Game is corny. Okay, you feel very strongly about that. Ray Realm says, do you think that Eminem is aware that we rarely listen to him? Respect to the man, his skills, and what he stands for, but the game can beat him in a versus. I think Eminem is very aware who he makes music for. I mean, he, 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 he's, he's at those concerts performing. He sees who is bobbing to these records. He, see, he knows who's playing what. He has counterparts who are hip-hop fans as well. He knows what he came up on. Uh, Mamba uh, RS400 says, The game can obviously rap, but 90% of his bars is name-dropping and cloud-chasing. He always been uh, a hard listen for me because of that. What were we going to say, Coop? I'm sorry, before I got into those Super Chats. Um, well, I was actually about to say, so let's talk about the guy who's actually talking about Eminem in this regard, or I guess being the one that's kind of um, exposing it more, or making it more of a thing in an open dialogue that's healthy to have. And, and I'm going to tell you what, 
Game is a perfect person to talk about all these situations because he was there. The one, he he was there. So it's not like you got an outsider talking. No, no, no. This is an insider talking. This is a rapper from Compton that was signed to literally all these subsidiaries, including this guy's subsidiary, has records with this guy. Like, no, no, no. He's not just talking out the side of his neck. And sometimes because he does it, much like Ye, it's not respected the way it should, but he's not off base necessarily with any of his comments. But if you go to Game's catalog, what's beautiful about the documentary is that the documentary provided the game with the blueprint to make his records that he's kept. And that's why the doctor's advocate is what he's most proud of because he's pretty much kept the ethos of the documentary intact, which is, well, I got to give you about three to five songs that maybe can be played on radio. I got to give my West Coast homies about two to three joints to let them know that I'm riding for the West Hard. But on every game album, Mike, and you know this, on every game album, there's about another two to four songs, Mike. And the two to four songs are just what? It's just some rap shit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's what Ali Boumaye is. Ali Boumaye is two, with two chains and Rick Ross. There is no purpose for that song to be like the second song on like one of Game's best albums, except for the simple fact that it's like, man, that's just some dope ass rap shit, isn't it? No. Isn't, no, you're isn't, right. It, it, hold on. Pray with J. Cole. Name me King with Pusha T. And, and, you know, is it a production right. thing? I, I think, all right, I want to break this down and get real it's nerdy about and it. And, and, and it's not hard to give us joints like that. And that's the problem with him is what I'm saying. It's him like, doesn't have a beat like Alaboombaye in his whole but, arsenal. But that's, I mean, no, he doesn't. But also, I don't think he can rap over that stuff. I'm just going to be honest. I, it, like you said, there's no excuse for him not to have a premiere track. There's no excuse for him to not have so many different you know what I'm saying, tracks, but I just don't think he can rap over this stuff. I, I just don't have the I don't I'm have the belief, belief that he can rap over this stuff. Like, wh- why would I? He no, got I'm on like, the blueprint and got on a record like Renegade, and I don't care what y'all say about Renegade, if you took all the vocals off of this whole album, it's by far the weakest beat on that album. That shit sounds like it was made with a Casio, man. I can't. There, there are so many MCs that he's better than, Mike. When you say he can't rap over this stuff, I just don't believe I don't it. believe like, he can. You don't think he can rap over a Dilla beat? Like, do you really I don't. I don't. Why would I? He's from Detroit. He's the only Detroit rapper that's never rhymed over a Dilla beat. Why would I think that he could rap over it? That's why I'm bringing up Dilla. I'm bringing that's up what I'm saying. Like, why would I think he could? Because he's, a, he's running he, from premiere tracks. He's not, I mean, Royce made Prime, Prime 2, and they even they had, uh, they even had Premiere boom. make I that. Boom. Uh-huh. They could have just made Boom, and I would have been good with that. But I'm just saying, like, even, uh, what was that compilation they did, that Shady compilation, where uh, Premiere did the, um, uh, the, the, the Slaughterhouse song, and Eminem skips out on Premiere tracks, even on a Shady record. So I get what you're saying. See, I'm 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 just trying to bring out the hip hop aesthetic of it. That it's like I don't think he can rhyme over that stuff. I just don't. Um. So you don't think he could rhyme over that documentary two track on the documentary two that Primo did, gave the game? Mm-mm. Okay. Man, um, says uh, you guys need to check out Zero's new album Pressure. It's a banger. I'm gonna check that out. And then get far. Um, you think he rhyme over Kanye's wouldn't get far. No. Uh, <laughs> it's a banger and it's in contention for album of the year amongst the legends need to be recognized and uh, not shade. 
Uh, Tabanat says on zero. Yeah, let me check like that from, out. From Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tabanat says till I collapse, still gets played uh, as a as a pump up song. Uh, did you recoup like anything off of the Kamikaze album? Only recent M stuff I've liked. Uh, I listened to it once and I never went back to it. To be honest, I was, to be honest with you, I wasn't a fan of it. Just in all honesty, no shape. Tabinette also says the game is a dope beat picker. Never got whack beats. It's true. He um, is his dope beat picker. He is. He is. He doesn't get a lot of credit for that. Oh, I was waiting for Brian. He said, the game is a snake, bipolar hypocrite. Take one. Game received far more help uh, for the documentary than what M got on the Slim Shady LP. He's so fake. But what about the do- doctor's advocate, though? Hold on, but let's stop for a second. Part of the reason why Game got so much help is because the money was different because they signed him and did the records that they did with the Slim Shady LP, the Marshall Mathers LP, and Get Rich or Die Trying. Like, those aren't like, like, the Slim Shady, and this is what I mean about Mike, he could have... I got something to say here. Go ahead. People, I mean, people need to realize this, is, is that like, okay, so the Slim Shady LP, the first one, his real first album, not Infinite. That's not his real first industry album. It's not his real first album. That's a mixtape. But the Slim Shady LP did three, four million out the gate, Mike. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is that his buzz had built up enough off of what he did in Dre signing him that on that second album, on the Marshall Mathers LP and on um, the Eminem show, no, Mike, he could have given you two to four tracks of just some straight rap shit. Why do you think nobody's on his records, though, Coop? Because he's know. rapping over those whacked out beats. Nobody wants, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when you listen to Dr. Dre and what he produces for Eminem, he changes up his sound when he makes an Eminem record. Let's look at, let's, let's look at 2001, right? Let's look at 2001. Listen to all those incredible beats on that album. And then listen to Forgot About Dre. Wow, 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 wow. It's different. I bought an instrumental CD of 2000. Yeah, and you probably skip over the Forgot About Dre beat. I like the Forgot About Dre beat. It's cool, but in in comparison to the rest of those beats, let's be real. You want to compare that to Explosive. You want to compare that to Still DRE. You want to compare that to Next Episode. You want to compare that to even The Watcher. Come on, man. Jordan House says... Mike has a solid argument, but I don't think M is incapable of rhyming over things That's of that uh, ilk. Like, uh, like when you stand up, uh, like the when you stand up joint with Jazz Jazzy Jeff. I remember that. What's the difference, etc. I, you know, listen. I like what's the difference or what's so different or however they uh, did it. What's but that? I think that M was off on that record. He wasn't hit. He he couldn't have given you three verses on that. Stop the beat a minute. This is you know what I mean. He wasn't on beat like that. LP says, "Forgot about Dre beat is dope as fuck though." Is it? It's cool for the quirky shit. It's cool, but it ain't no. Let's be real, man. If you listen to the rest of the beats on that album. Just like I'm talking about with the blueprint. You gonna sit here and play Heart of the City. You gonna sit here and play You Don't Know. You gonna play the, the Girls, Girls, Girls beat. And you gonna play the Renegade beat? Seriously? And well, on 2001, we gonna sit here and play, uh, uh, we gonna play Forgot About Dre next to 
What's uh, uh I'm sorry, still DRE. Damn explosive. Uh next episode. It's levels, man. Can we can we can we stop for a second? If Mike, we're giving well, grades, if we're giving grades to these beats, Coop, let's be real. Those are A beats. What what grade are you giving the uh forgot about Dre beat? Just based on the beat. If I could speak for a moment. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um well. Well, Mike, see, I mean, I feel like you kind of unfairly weighted that argument because it's like, well, is the forgot about Dre beat uh, like an A plus, so to speak? Like, no. But, Mike, then you proceeded to name some of the best beats we've ever heard. That's what I'm saying. It's all (laughs) happening in one session. Dre has to downgrade his beats. Mike, you just named some of the best beats ever, and that's just not fair either. You li- you literally proceeded to name. I didn't switch albums. Or, it's all on the same no, album. That's part of why There's the a consistent thing here. People have that's to lower the their level. Mike, but then you proceeded to name four of the best beats of all time. But so, again, Coop, people so, have to consistently lower their level for him to get on a track and be able to do no, something. So, so when you're saying that, that's valid. That doesn't change the fact that that's a dope record and that's a dope beat. Is it the best stuff on that album? It's like, no, it's not even better than the stuff that he wrote. I think The Watcher is better than Forgot About Drake. Beat-wise and rhyme-wise in terms of how it's executed. Because the message in there is stronger. And that brings... We're going to talk about that in a minute when we get to like like the list and stuff. All I'm saying is is that he could have just been on some Ali Boom IA sometime. Or Mike, can't make that I, stuff. No, no, that's what I'm saying, though. But like... Game, why do you think I keep going to scream on him? Like every track, every record game has an album where he just does hip hop shit. Uh, no more fun and games. Uh, what's what's the Just Blaze joint? You know what I'm talking about? Right before Which put one? you on the game on the documentary. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. What's the name what? of that song? People yeah, in the chat yeah. help us out. Yeah, how many? What did he say on there? Uh, you ain't got a peak game in his skills without these training wheels. Let's go through the city, your car. When chop you up worse than the Haitians will. Like he's just rapping, rapping. Like he does that on the album. Scream on him is like that. Mike House of Pain on LAX is like that. I like he's bigger than me, even like bigger than me. Hold on, the Bulletproof Diaries where he's going uh back and forth with Ray. What if I was from Compton? What if I was from Staten? I'd be King Kong knocking down buildings in Manhattan. 007 with the Super Chat says, uh, if you are not incapable, prove it for the naysayers. That's what I say. And that's exactly what Game said, too. He was like, listen, if y'all think M's better than me, prove it. No. It's just what it is, man. I'm agreeing with that sentiment. I'm saying we're having this conversation, and Game is saying this, because Game's like, nigga, I got rap records. Yeah. I got hits. M ain't got rap records. He got hit records. And whenever y'all pull out those, yeah. whenever y'all pull out those streams and those uh, Spotify record breaking things from M, these are records ain't nobody in hip hop spots playing. It's cool you just sell records, but they're more pop records, and that's fine. I think Eminem's more of a pop star than a hip hop icon, in my personal opinion. Uh, Jay Short says I've done, uh, uh, they've done a masterful job of marketing Eminem. As a quote-unquote underground artist, even down to his collaborations, pop culture, attacks, attire, and lifestyle. He's very similar to Pink in that way, right? Like, when Pink was coming out, she was supposed to be the anti-pop star, but she was actually a pop star herself. Hmm. 
Well, I don't know about that. They R and B'd her a lot. I mean, we know somebody personally. Our boy Matt was actually an intern at the Dallas Austin <laughs> studio. Misunderstood by Pink was getting made. Well, I mean I the think- second album because they kind of just totally rebranded her. You're talking about the There You Go, Pink. But that's why she got rebranded, Mike, is because yeah. that shit didn't work. No, it didn't. Okay. Double uh, O Seven says M ain't top five because over time output did not match capability. <laughs> Uh, he has crazy talent, but too many other rappers have done more with less. And we're getting so much spam right now, man. The Eminem fans are very mad. Marcus <laughs> Davis with the two, uh, $20 we'll super chat says, thank you, Michael. Then people got the nerve to call Nas a whack beat picker. Eminem is an incredible lyricist, but Nas is better, has better albums, and should have sold just as much. With just uh much just as much awards, an absolute travesty. I think that's a very good point. People want to claim that Nas is this bad beat picker. Nas has picked way better beats than Eminem. Are we ever going to call Eminem a bad beat picker? Because I think you want to know what. Now here's what I will say. LP says that Eminem is the worst rapper slash producer ever. Go ahead. I, I, I will say this. I mean, the beats on the Firm album that people didn't necessarily care for, aren't those beats better than the beats that MB picking? Aren't those like different type of Dre beats? That's what I'm saying. Dre's verse, more versatile as a producer sometimes than he gets credit for. But it's like, no. I, Does I, Eminem I, have a phone tap from Dre? That's, what I, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's like, no. I mean, why can't you do a phone tap or an executive decision or a Desperado's? You, like, I mean, he can't rap over that stuff, man. Aren't those Dre tracks up? Correct me if I'm wrong. Those are Dre beats. Yeah. I know Executive Decision and Phone Tap. Those, no, those first few songs on the Firm album, Firm Fiasco, Phone Tap, Executive Decision. Like, you can't rap on those beats? And I'll he point, loves Phone Tap. He's spoken to himself personally, loving Phone Tap as a beat. It's one of his favorite Dre beats. Yeah. And I'll point it out 2001 because it just shows you how, how much Dre has to switch. To accommodate Eminem's style. No, I'm with you. He switched on the Firm album, too, and we got Firm and Fiasco, Executive Decision, uh, Phone Tap. This is what... I will take that. If you are giving me Phone Tap, we are going to take the switch. In 1999, this is when Dr. Dre was making that the Game No Wait remix for uh, Warren G and shit. Like, we're getting beats like that coming out of the camp. Eminem ain't got no shit like that. I think Till I Collapse is probably the first thing to it. So whoever made the Till I Collapse. I think M might have made that. Who? I think Eminem might have made that. I could be wrong. Uh, Brian (laughs) Witha says, uh, hot take. Eminem got a bigger club record than most rappers have ever had. With Akon smacked that. M produced that too. Superman is a big strip club record. Uh, you know what? I think me and Cooper are in Atlanta, man. So strip clubs here might be a little different than elsewhere. I've never heard Superman in the goddamn strip club in Atlanta, Georgia, Houston, Texas, or Miami, Florida. Cut it out, guys. And you know what? Smack that's not a good record. It might be a club record. Might get some spins. That shit is trash. Let's be real, man. Smack that is slightly entertaining, kind of in the same way that Way Too Sexy is, but Way Too Sexy is way better. That's um, not even a comparison, man. No, I'm going to give it a little bit of credit. But here's what I will tell you. I have heard, well, Mike, I've probably been a purveyor of these establishments more than you want when I used to. And I remember Superman did play 
at a couple of establishments down here when it came out it was just those were the white girl clubs i was gonna say that's more of like an oasis type jump off right well mike you just named one and i <laughs> the other that must be like a cheetah type of jump off i would imagine i was gonna tell you pony south oh forgot about that one LP says, uh, game mustering up fake beef for promo. M ain't responding to this. This has no need. Game is always with the funny stuff. Let the music speak, in my opinion. He wasn't doing that. He was just addressing conversation. Because he was asked, let's put this in context. He was asked by uh, Matt Barnes about doing a versus with Eminem. And he said he'd beat Eminem. And then he went down on that whole tangent about ain't nobody really playing Eminem's records like that he gave Eminem props as being a talented lyricist but ain't nobody playing the stuff like that LP says oh Steph dubs and six yeah I know yeah LP's the fan uh, good luck man for real I think that they got a chance uh Tabby oh, with the super chat different. says I want a Dre album ghost written by Eminem the watcher is a classic M's career uh M's career turned when he made rap God that title turned the community against him. You know, maybe. I, I guess. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. What Go do you ahead. think about Beat the Forever? I what never liked think? that. That shit's corny. No, beat. No, beat-wise. I don't care. No, I'm asking you beat-wise. I'm cool on that, man. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Those beats have no soul to me, man. Like, you know what I mean? I'm asking him to be Chuck B. I'm asking, I can't bump that stuff, Coop. I'm just being honest, man. Like, I never went to my car and was like, yo, man, I got to put on forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I Leroy never might have said something that I personally agree with. Game is better than Kendrick Lamar to me. Well, yeah, I prefer to listen to Game to Kendrick Lamar, even though I don't think Kendrick is better. Let's be fair. Okay, since we're being all the way fair Kendrick's here, not better, and we're talking about him, right? Catalog. The same. Listen to Game's catalog. It's like, man, cut that. The same way that we're talking about the same way that we're talking about Kendrick's current album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I'm not playing much on that record either. Like, like I've been telling y'all, I go back to Silent Hill. I like that song, but I'm most of these records. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not putting in the Big Steppers, and I think it's brilliant, but I'm not playing it like that. No, no, no. I feel you. So it's like, how about this? You know, I used to live in Cali. I still got people in Cali. Shout out to Cali. I love Cali. Love Cali. One of our homies is about to go to Cali. He's been hitting me up the last couple of days about a little Cali primer. You know, where to stay, what to do. Okay? Yeah. Like, okay, so when you're riding through Cali, Mike, like, because he was talking about getting a rental. When you're going through Cali, you know, when you're riding through certain areas, it's like, oh, no, 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 like, you can't, they, you can't play, you can't play that that cry together when, when you <laughs> pull up on wheel shot. Like you can't play that going down Slauson when you go into Slauson barbecue. Like you wouldn't like, want to. But but Mike, I promise you, if you play like like that's something what I was just singing, like the shit with Anderson Pack, um, uh, Crenshaw Crenshaw eighties Crenshaw. Um, Gang signs, throw them out the window. Gang, like the way games rapping on there, how the beats going. If you were to put your top back, yeah, like, play that. Like niggas be looking at you. You could be on the out. Niggas, I'll be like, oh, he. Like even exactly. gang says it on the, 
on the song, you don't gangbang, huh? That's that out of towner in you. You you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's certain shit you can pull up there. to, man. You can't can't right. pull up to some of that stuff. Ray Rose right. of the Super Chat I'm says, not- I uh, I know how Mike feels, but Coop, do you believe if M does an album with the Alchemist, slows the flow down a bit, that they can make a classic offering? I guess he knows that I feel like he can't rap over that stuff. But go ahead. What do you think? Over. See, that's what I mean. When you're saying he can't rap over stuff, that's why I was giving you like some of the stuff. Like, because because I feel like even any man, it's like, that's what I mean. When you're saying the stuff that he can't rap over. So you mean like that slow down hip hop? Like you don't feel like he could rap over DJ Premier's Come Clean beat, do you? No. Right. I don't think he can. Look, look, look. So I don't think he can rap over anything soulful, no, anything so you're rhythmic. You're questioning his rhythmic timing and capability. Yes, you are, because that's what the the come clean is a metronome beat, Mike. Yeah. MC worth their weight can rhyme off the beat because it's like rhyming off the metronome. Dilla's beats are the easiest beats to rhyme on for anybody with rhythmic capabilities, and the no, fact that just, you're from they're, Detroit. They're, they're, the easiest. It's the most fun. As in, as a, as a, as an MC, it makes you right. think the most. Like, oh, I could I could run and do this. I could run and do that. Yeah. Right. Hearing a Dilla beat, it just makes me want to just rhyme straight he up. Makes, he, he makes. He and makes the fact that he's never rhyme. rhymed over a Dilla beat is crazy. I don't that's think he problem- can do it. That's the most problematic thing. That's the most problematic. It's crazy. Thing. He's from Detroit. He hasn't rapped over a Dilla beat. Now that's a most. That's insane. That's insane. I'm I'm sorry, man. If you're from Detroit and you ain't rhymed over a Dilla beat, I don't know if I can consider you a Detroit MC. I I, I can't. I'm just gonna say it's very problematic. But that's what and I mean. Coming about, from the same era like, too. He, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what I mean about he didn't jump through those hip hop hoops. They put yeah. him through industry hoops. And so game is really speaking to the fact it's like, no, no, no. He's a great he's pretty much telling you, he's like, no, nah, dude's a great industry rapper because he's white and he makes the money. They're gonna make sure he's a great industry rapper and he got but the record much, sales to back those arguments because right, every but, but, Eminem but, but, argument is based on two things record sales and cosigns what what game what game is actually saying he's like well you actually got invited to the barbecue but i'm actually asking you to attend the event officially it's like no no no. you got invited to the barbecue it's like no no bring this nigga outside let him come kick it with you feel what i'm saying I think the dope thing about verses is shown how these how timeless certain people's records are, how well they've aged, and how hard it is to actually have a catalog where you could go twenty deep with somebody. You know what I'm saying? And and all the adulation that Eminem has gotten in this culture, all people are doing is asking you to bring it out. Prove well, here's it. The thing. well, here's the thing about it, <clears throat> and this is going to seem striking to say. <laughs> objectively speaking not personally who you're a fan of like you know like if you're a fan of scarface you can probably go pull 20 records in the first four albums and be like i got something that'll beat you but that's if you're a fan if you're probably being realistic you probably get the album six or seven before you'd be able to pull 20 scarface songs that you could pull and put out i'm saying this as a nas fan it's like no if i was just to go through his first four albums to have to pull stuff it's like uh i like it but i don't love it outside of illmatic because i'll have to pull all of illmatic at that point and i don't like having to pull all of illmatic to do a 20 pack but when you got an album like that you got an advantage 
no, no, no. That, that, yeah. that, okay, so maybe he's not a good artist to go through because that's a succinct advantage. Let's go. Let's go to Jay. Let's go to Jay's first four albums because he doesn't have Illmatic. Like Reasonable Doubt is like an all-time great album. Yeah. But like, but the Blueprint wouldn't make that stratosphere. But so those first four albums would be Reasonable Doubt, Volume One, Volume Two, and Volume Three, right? Yeah, I think he has a lot of heat even in that because you're getting a different Jay. You're getting that B-side, Jay, that he really leans on, which I think is some of his more quality material. Right. That's Okay, so what I'm saying is the quality material is there. That's to us as hip-hop fans. Objectively speaking, a lot of people who are fans of his now would miss some of this stuff. They'd be like, well, hold on, where's the guy that did the New York State of Mind Thing with Alicia Keys. You feel I think it would work in reverse with that, though, Coop. I think the fact that if there are people who are unaware of that earlier, Jay, I think they would be pleasantly surprised about what they don't know. That's kind of yeah. what Reasonable Doubt was able to garner off of the strength of Volume 2 as well. For people okay. who slept on it, they went back and was like, oh, shit, this cannot live. It's crazy. Politics okay. as usual is crazy. Crazy. So here's what I would submit <clears throat> to you, though. And this is personally one of my favorite J records, and I reference it often. How do you think politics as usual is going to play in a versus, actually, Mike? That's what I mean about yeah, those yeah. songs that would play. And so when you're saying, oh, he got a lot of heat in those four albums, it's like, no, that's the hip-hop head and fan in you speaking. You're thinking that politics as usual is about to play well in a versus, and, like, it's not. That's I don't know how well Dead Presidents plays in a versus, and that's my favorite Jay-Z record. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Mike. Friend or foe is not going to play in that format. That's interesting. Hold on. I'm a, uh, Let me get to the songs I think right. that will play well. Friend or foe's not, like, friend or foe's not going to win in a versus. Oh, let me get to the super chats real quick. LP says uh, he was asked because he had been bringing it up. Yeah, I mean, well, he addressed everything that's been brought up about him in the news, and that's what you're supposed to do in the interview, right? Uh, let me get to one of the other super chats. The chat's going crazy right now. Uh, Mad Max with the super chat, he says, "LOL, M got waxed up by uh, Sean three, by Big Sean, excuse me, three different times and twice with Royce on the record." With them, like M, but I like M, but the last time he was good was recovery. It's a long time ago. Uh, Marquez Davis says, one of my favorite Nas joints is The Season, uh, produced by Jay Dilla. Very, very dope record. M cannot, will not rhyme over that. Again, how is how in the blue hell is Nas not a good beat picker? Great question. No. No, this is what I'm saying is, is that like, okay, so if you're in a versus format, okay, so let's say like... <clears throat> what songs on Reasonable Doubt you think play well in a versus? Off Reasonable Doubt? Yeah, because I probably think more than you... Um, I probably think more songs off of there will play well than you do. I think Feeling It plays well. Okay. I was on. I was on the fence about that. No, no, no. Why feeling do you think feeling it plays well and dead presidents but, may not? Or do you think dead presidents would? Because how acquainted are people with dead presidents as opposed to feeling it outside of like his core fan base? That's what I mean. It's like all of us who are dead presidents fan, we're of a certain era of a certain ilk. He didn't even rhyme like that really anymore after 97, Mike. How many he guys performed dead presidents uh, on uh, Faith the Black, right? Uh, when he did that this? at the garden? Hold on. That depends who he's up against. If he's up against Nas, well, he has to play this stuff. 
Well, that's, that's yeah, that's a whole different thing. There's right. nobody else for him to go up against, honestly. Right, like if he's up right. against Big, you telling me friend or foe's going to go against Big or Pac? That's what I'm saying. Look at the stratosphere that he's in. Friend yeah. or foe's not going to play against Nas's best stuff, just beat-wise, because go look at Nas's best stuff <laughs> with Primo. None of the beats sound like that. I'm not even talking about Jay on the record. I'm talking about the beat. It's not well, especially if you're going back and forth against Nas from that era, too. You know? Right. Um, yeah. going to play... Yeah. He's gonna play Nas's like, and you're gonna play friend or foe. I think Can't Knock the Hustle is gonna play well. Somebody in the I, chat says I, I, th- I think Can't Knock the Hustle and feeling it play well. My favorite record is Politics as usual. It's not gonna play well. How does Brooklyn Finest actually play? I or think gonna- Brooklyn's Finest plays well in the verses. You think Brooklyn's Finest plays well? It's big, so yeah. I'm always gonna give big the nod. Mike, how about this? Let's go to my two favorite records which are The Evils and Politics as Usual. How does that play in the verses? That's two of his best I songs. I think The Evils may play well in the verses uh, if, if it's done right, because we saw Murder Was the Case do it in the way that it did it. I think that... Oh, Mike, um, let's not get... Hold on, let's stop. Let's not get it fucked up. The Evils is not Murder Was the Case. No, Murder it's not. But I'm just saying the sample. Anger. No, no it's that not. That is a banger of the highest order. Don't you ever do that. The Evils <laughs> no, is a strip I'm record. just talking about sonically. Murder Was the Case is a banger. Murder was the case is crazy. I, I think I've said that on I've said on that record. I've said this on the show before. I think the moment with DMX rest in peace was going um, doing his verses with Snoop, and he played slipping one of his one of the most incredible records of his career. I think it's possibly top three, top five. And I'm like, oh man, that's just a that's a given. And then murder was the case came in, and I'm like, shit's different, man. I know the niggas from the other it's side looking out face because it's the OG G L B C Mad Dog and niggas because I don't care. Red jumpsuit with two braids in, in my, my head. head. Niggas stare as yeah. I enter into the center. You know, Snoop Dogg in that era, that. man. Another level. So doggy another style level. Snoop Dogg. Like Snoop Dogg in 93 and 94. It's one of those things, man. You had to be there to really you understand. Did what that shit was like y'all see Snoop Dogg mm. now like with the mm. dreads grays and who's cool doing corona commercials now nah, man like you had to be there to really understand what that Snoop wave was like that shit was I don't think there's nothing like it oh my I got my mama and my daddy and my mama and my coma it's gonna take a miracle they say for, for me, me to, to talk walk again and walk, walk again, again. But, anyway. but anyway I got Running some keys to get back on my feet, and everything that nigga said came to reality. Living like a ball of loke, having money, and blowing hella chronic smoke. I bought my mama a beans. I bought my Google words who have who know nothing what they're talking about when he's making this song. You understand? When he's saying these words, there is a whole legion of people out there that know nothing what he's talking about and is saying this shit word for word. That is different. Non Triz L dog rag. Blue Collar Hustle with the Super Chat says, We got Nas. Um, we got, I'm sorry, we got Nas with the AE hip hop series that he pitched back in 1999. That's crazy. A Supreme film debut at Tribeca, a Spotify podcast with 50 episodes celebrating 50 years of hip hop. Why are we talking about Eminem? Uh, you know, we're talking about Eminem because Game addressed. Uh, the possibility of Eminem and Game in a versus. Uh, LP says the game is the same one who said for years that he don't want it with the white boy. He played into the M hype and helped build it up. He always name dropping. I mean, 
Can he not change his mind? And again, we all get caught up. Game said he was new to the game. He was new to rap, period. So the more he learned about rap, he feels different. That's when fine. I, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. There are people that I voted for that I was all in with 10 years ago. I feel different now. 007 says Nas, Nas will respond to reasonable doubt with it was written in a verses. He, he may spit a few verses acapella, and that would be very problematic for Jay. I think that would. If he did the message acapella, or he even did like shootouts acapella, or I gave you power acapella, that'd be very problematic. Mad Max says, hold up, murder is the case was not better than slipping. You might yes, say that in a vacuum, but if you hear them side by side, you may feel different. I don't think people understand. Murder was like, Mike. If I saw them on a piece of paper and didn't watch the verses, I might feel you. <laughs> I might be like, you know what? It's close. But when you hear them back to back, go back and look at that verses and tell me you feel that way. Doggy style is different. It Murder is very different. It's different. It's different. You're not beating those records. You're not beating those records. I said that before the verses happened. I was like, "Look, <laughs> those Doctor Dre best songs ever." I like, said those Doctor Dre beats hit different. Like the Evils, as great as the Evils is, like lyrically, <clears throat> on a lyrical level, it's not one of like the greatest rap songs ever. Murder was the case is one of the best rap. Like Snoop had a run where he was literally in the process of making like twenty of like the hundred best rap songs ever. When I you listen to it? when I listen to the Chronic and Doggy style, I That's think. It's one of the best hundred rap songs ever, Mike. Like, uh, I, listen, when I listen to the Chronic and Doggy style, I say these guys made some of the best hip hop music ever made. Mike, just real quick, can it interest you in Deep Cover? Is that one of the best hundred rap songs you've ever heard? I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I would be mad if you said it was. They made stuff that has even trumped that. Nothing but a G thing. Yeah. Let me ride. Yeah. Dre Day. Yeah. These nuts, little ghetto boy. You know what I think is one of the best. Murder was the case. Lottie Dottie. You know what I think is one of the best hip hop singles ever. Doggy dog world. You know what I think is one of the best hip hop singles ever made. It's Who Am I? What's My Name? What's My Name? The way that shit plays. No, he went on a tear, Mike. That's a tear. Like, like, like from the moment that you heard him all the way through Doggy Style, like, that's a tear. Those are like singles that some of like. They're singles, but they're gangster, but it's great rap shit. It's like, you it's everything, and you're saying the words. Go listen and to What's My Name. I want everybody out there who may not yeah. feel what I'm saying to put their headphones on and listen to What's My Name. It's one of those records that from the intro to the first hook to the, the first couple bars from the depths of the sea to the end to the outro, like, the shit is perfect. It's perfect. I, I don't have no, I don't know what else to say. Like it's perfect from the beginning to end. It's yeah. like Whitney's uh, "I Will Always Love You." That shit is perfect from beginning to end. These are perfect records. The L Web One Hundred says "Murder Was the Case" is fire, especially the remix. Yeah, it is. He is I and I and him. Slim with the tilted grip. Listen, how many how many lines is Jay taking from that record? I mean, uh, how many people have taken loans <laughs> from Doggy Style? How does Nas right. come in for the Uchi Wally remix? Ray Realm says, Murder Was the Case is the greatest story in rap history. Movie music. Sonically, that shit is That's crazy. what I mean. It's different. That stuff is different. Yep. 
Brian says, uh, M would easily be the biggest artist to do a versus. Snoop is close. No, I think Snoop's slightly bigger than Eminem. That's just my personal opinion, but I feel you. Uh, there's nobody else who has records that are bigger, uh, pop, uh, that a bigger population of people know word for word. That's why the game would get murdered by M. Okay, so okay, so but are, are, are those people hip hop fans? You said bigger population, right? No, no. Here's are those people hip hop fans? If the game and Eminem were to have a versus, we could do it in Detroit, and more of the Detroit crowd would know game's lyrics than M's lyrics. You want to bet? This is the thing, and I've seen this like with a lot of the younger Detroit That's MCs, and and many of the Detroit MCs from the past. They say M doesn't represent Detroit hip hop like that. You know, I mean, they feel that way. I mean, I mean some people feel even that way. Well, listen to what I'm about to say. Some of Detroit feel that way about Sean. How do you think they really feel about M? They feel that way about Big Sean sometimes. I mean, Detroit, and, and honestly, can you fault him? Like, no, like sonically, does he mirror anything that you hear in Detroit hip hop? Detroit has some of the best MCs that I've heard. I mean, and sonically, Detroit, what they hold do. On, hold on. Like, like my okay. So, like my Detroit fam is down here. They're I like love Elza. Right, like my Detroit fam is down here. They're some of the polite niggas I know, just quite frankly. And so Sean does fit them in that mold because he's fly. You know what I'm saying? But he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk fly like they talk. He looks fly like they look, but he doesn't talk fly like they talk. It's like, how about this? I'm not from Detroit, right? But I would imagine that Sean is kind of like to Detroit like what Luda was for Atlanta, right? Very much so. I, 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 how about this? Like, I, I've, I got enough relationships with <clears throat> enough Detroit people to kind of like say that backhandedly because I've asked the question to my Detroit people about Sean. It's like, no, 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 we fuck with him. We like fam. I'm like, yeah, but he ain't really talking y'all because he don't talk they language because you know what I'm saying? Like Detroit, you know, Detroit not to be played with either, Mike. Yeah, you know Detroit's real. Yeah, Detroit. And shout out to T Grizzly too, man. Like, right. how about this? How it's about a whole this? different sound going on. How about this? Boldy's talk is more Detroit. Sean's image is Detroit. Like if you were to take Boldy's talk and Sean's image and put it together, that's Detroit. Even when Pusha T's on Diet Coke where he's like, Detroit nigga challenge. What's your dope like? Because like a Detroit nigga would be like, like, oh nigga, that's them type of gators. We don't wear them gators no more. Be like, oh, that nigga got the cheap Cartier frame. So where we does get, M fit they, in all that? Right. Like they different with it. It's like, oh, you got them Cartier frames? Like, nah, nigga, you got to get these Cartier frames, nigga. You feel me? LP says, uh, Jay loses B-side versus to uh to the king of B-side, Nas, or Kiss. And loses the mainstream hit battle with Snoop Wayne Gay. He's stuck, in my opinion. He got to aim low. You know what? I'm with you. Maybe not on the Wayne thing. I've said on the show before that I think that Kanye would beat Jay-Z in the verses straight up. And honestly, after what I saw Snoop do in that DMX versus, I think that Snoop would probably beat Jay too in the verses. That's my opinion. Now, I'm not saying that Snoop is the lyricist that Jay is, but if we're talking about in the verses, that lineup that he had for DMX, I think that would have beaten Jay that night. Um, Jay Short says, Doggy Style laid waste to everything that came before it. It reset hip-hop like nothing we've seen since P.E., B.D.P., and even Ice Cube. Instantly became Ice Cube instantly became dated once we heard Snoop. 
legends back to the lab or retired. That's true because this is well, ninety three. So so he's so he's making so here's what Snoop did for the West Coast. That um, Chuck D inspired form of rhyming that inspired Ice Cube started to die right there with Snoop on the Chronic, and you kind of hear it in Cube too because Cube's more laid back in the releases after uh, the Chronic. Yeah, not Doggy Style because the Doggy Style's getting made while he's dropping some of his shit. But you can hear the difference in Cube from that because, like, Chuck D's so inspirational to a generation. People don't understand how many people Chuck D inspired to rhyme. Yeah. They weren't from New York. Because cause Chuck D inspired people who weren't from New York, that weren't involved with hip-hop, that it was okay to be black and proud. Talk and so them Chuck about D, things they weren't hearing about in school. Right. And so Chuck D is a big, big buy-in for that Ice Cube. I've heard Method Man even say that. No, all yeah. those guys like like because Wu Tang's ninety three. Like all those look, Chuck Chuck and Chuck had people motivated, yeah, and loving their blackness. And because they loved their blackness, Mike, even if they feel like they didn't make it, couldn't make it out their hood. Guess what? They felt like they could do. They felt like they could MC. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah. Chuck uh, Nas the Goat says, "I'm sorry, but slipping is better. It hits your soul." I'm not mad at that. Yeah, murder was the case. Hit the system though. It, it hits the system hard, man. It hit the system. It's very, it, it's very tough to be in a versus format. It's very tough to be. Uh, man, Nan says Snoop had joints on Death Row soundtrack. Also, yeah, Snoop got joints everywhere. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to how memorable Snoop is. Snoop has a commercial right now where what is the white dude saying in the commercial? Snoop. D O double G, right? What's yeah. he saying on Murder Was the Case? I know the niggas from the other side recognize my face because it's the O G. What? Yeah. D double G. Where? That's what I'm saying. That's how long and how deep, like that shit hits in the system. Okay. He's a <laughs> he's an updated <laughs> version of Slick Rick to an extent, you know. He's uh, the extension of yeah. 007 says, the more y'all talk, the more M falls. His hip-hop contribution record-wise standpoint, record-wise standpoint is weak. M has capabilities, but uh, Sean is a better songwriter and rapper. Hmm. Then who? Then Eminem. I think that Sean has songs that people are going to ride to and play more than M does. And I think that, and I only say that because Sean and Eminem kind of stand out from I guess the other Detroit MCs, because like you said, a lot of the Detroit MCs are kind of like the Detroit sound, whereas Sean and M are kind of like mainstream no, guys that are from Detroit. Just the Detroit rhetoric. So here's what I mean when I'm saying Detroit rhetoric. Uh huh. I got a friend, you know the friend, it's a mutual friend of ours. Her husband's from Detroit. I put her on the phone one day with my homie who's from Detroit. Cause I was thinking to myself one day, I'm like, hold on. I'm like, your husband's from Detroit. I'm like, he might know my guy. I put them on the phone. They literally lived a few blocks from each other. One is older than the other one, but they had a mutual homie. And here's how the conversation went. I'm on speakerphone. I'm at the chest. This Detroit niggas talking. He's like, yo, he was like, you remember little such and such. I can't say his name. You remember little such and such. 
He's like, that was the nigga that always had the flash on the bike. He's like, remember when that nigga used to always have the Gucci shit, had a Louis Vuitton shit, had a whoop de whoop de whoop. And they started naming the outfits and the styles of the outfits. He's like, oh, he had the such and such and such and such type of shades with the such and such sneakers that went winning. He's like, yeah, that's my nigga. That's how deep that shit run in Detroit with how they talk. Mm-hmm. That's that Detroit talk. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, M don't talk like Detroit niggas talk, and neither do Sean, really. Like, Boldy talk like a Detroit nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, Boldy will tell you he's in the middle of doing a deal, but he'll tell you what he's wearing while he's doing a deal. That's Detroit nigga shit. Well, it's like, you know, Atlanta has this, too. Chicago has this as well. Um, it's like with Detroit, you got you got the street shit on what Boldy's doing. You know what I'm saying? You got the street shit that's like, you know what I'm saying, on on the younger side of things. And then you got the underground side of things like, you know, what what uh, Black Milk and Elzai and all of these guys do. And, you know, it's like three, four dimensions here when it comes to what Detroit's doing hip-hop-wise, right? Right. And it's like none of those things M really fits into. Not even the... Not even the underground side of what Detroit does. And even though Royce is a well-known individual, Royce will make a record with Black Milk. Royce will make a record with Elzai. Royce will go out there and, you know what I'm saying, jump on a Dilla track. That's why I said he's the best MC out of Detroit, though, because he does all the things. But I'm saying it's like, And he still talks fly like a Detroit nigga. How can you be... How can you be considered one of the greatest MCs overall and you're not even that in your city is what I'm saying. And I think that's the point to me that makes me feel like, okay, well, yeah, he's a big star. big He's a big pop star that actually raps. But if you don't mean that to Detroit hip hop, how can you mean that to hip hop altogether? You know so what I mean? Here, so, so here is where as a hip hop fan, he is so, <clears throat> I mean this sincerely. Like, let's say there was a battle rap challenge going on in Detroit right now. And all of the best of the best, current, like everybody showed up. Oh, if he walks in the room, he is the person that you're most concerned with and rightfully so. You feel what I'm saying, Mike? I don't you, agree, no, 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 but Mike, okay. Mike, I know you don't feel that way. <laughs> I know you don't prove feel that it. Way. That's uh, it's never <laughs> been proven. No, These no, things no, are Mike, movies, Mike, man. Mike, he proved it when he got out the situation. This is the scene that he come from. Part of this underground rap scene that you're talking about. That was a million it, years ago. It was a million years ago, but this this underground rap scene that you're talking about in Detroit, well, he has something to do with it being such a thriving scene because is it the scene it is the scene that he got pulled from hip hop's biggest selling artist got pulled from the Detroit underground rap scene but this so is he the has thing something though, to do with that scene being a thing no mike he has something to do with that scene being a thing just for that alone we never hip-hop's talk about what jay we never talk about what jay's done on the battle scene in new york we never talk about what dmx has done when his battling days LL, guys like that, because we don't have to, because they went out there and actually had a career and actually had records that makes it where you don't even have to talk about those things. No. Everybody everybody from a certain era comes from a certain level of battling. If you come from the early 90s of rapping, and especially in New York, on a competitive level, you had to rap against other MCs because everybody was rapping. You had to find out who was the best rapper in the area. And how did they find that out? Without records, right? And I agree with you totally when you were echoing that sentiment. But what I'm saying is if you put all those dudes in the room, 
oh, he's the one that everybody's looking at like it's a problem because he is. He, he's that kind of problem as an MC. He is. I don't care what you say, Mike. He's that type of problem as an That's MC. That's never been proven, man. I mean, we have grainy videos. Um, but we have a movie. We have a movie to go on. B-Rabbit, he might have been a problem, but Eminem, I don't know. Um, the L-Web 100 says, I always did like Snoop's work with the Neptunes, too. Let's get blown as fire. Yeah, it is. I actually bought the album when I heard Let's Get Blown. Let's Get Blown. I used to be one of those guys that it would take me for certain artists or for certain albums. It would take me three singles before I bought an album. Because I got tricked by that Rough Riders 2, Volume 2, you know. I talk about that on the show a lot. It really hurt my heart, man. And so after that, I was like, listen, man, I need to hear like, two or three hot joints before I buy an album. And I bought Rhythm and Gangsta when I heard Let's Get Blown. And I love Rhythm and Gangsta to this day. Rhythm and Gangsta is a great album. I love Rhythm and Gangsta. Hold on. Rhythm and Gangsta has uh, Can I Get a Flick With You? Yep. Ups and Downs. Ups That's and one down. of my personal yeah. favorite. Ups and Downs is the shit. Yep. Drop It Like It's Hot, of course. Mm -hmm. Let's Get Blown. Bang Out is on there. Bang Out's on there. Bang Out's hard. Um, I Never Leave You is awesome. I'll never leave you. Yeah, dope album, man. I love. You the know, what? I might play that intro. tonight. The intro, the intro to Rhythm and Gangsta. Alchemist yeah. did that, I believe. Speaking Who? of Alchemist, Alchemist did that intro. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that intro. No, that's a great album. That's one of his best three projects. The second, in my opinion, uh, Tabanet says, "Any love for Danny Brown?" Yeah, Danny Brown's part of the scene too. Like, I love Danny Brown. These guys are Detroit, and it's like, I don't think that there's, you'd be far-fetched to find any MC that you guys are put in your top whatever, and they not have any connection to their city. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just so wild. Mm -hmm. When you think about it in those terms, like, even with Kenny, even though Ken, uh, Kendrick has kind of gone off and done his thing, he always made records with J-Rock. You know what I'm saying? He comes from making records with the game. He comes from, you know what I'm saying, making records with Compton people. <coughs> but when's the last time he did it? It's been a minute, but Eminem never did it. Jay Short says, why don't you guys rate M's last four albums? Uh, I mean, y'all don't want to hear me rate those albums. What did you think about his last four albums? Not a lot, but not a lot in the sense that it's like, first of all, I would have to, okay, so in all honesty and in full clarity, I would have to go back and pull the names up of all four albums and when they came out <laughs> to tell you. No, 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 no. Hold on one second, because I'm actually going to do that right okay. now. Okay, well, LP with Super Chat says, Rough Rider Volume 2 was such a disappointment. Yes, it was. And you know what? At the time, I bought Volume got 2. I could, I could look at the track listen to that and tell that that wasn't about to be fire, though. Yeah. You know, I should have just bought Volume 1 because I bought Volume 2 and didn't have Volume 1 yet. You didn't have Volume 1? I was oh, tripping. That was money. That was, that was okay, so Music to be Murdered by okay. Kamikaze, which is taking from the Beastie Boys theme. It's the back end of the plane instead of the front end, like on License to Ill. Right, I don't think right. people know that enough. And yeah. Revival. Okay. okay, so the last four would be Music to be Murdered by Kamikaze Revival and the Marshall Mathers LP2, which would be 2013. I'll tell you that the Marshall Mathers LP2 was the last one that I listened to more than two times. I'm going to be real, guys. 
And I'm not just saying this. I can't name five songs off of all four of those albums. Berserk's the only one I could think of. Walk on Water was on Revival. And I only know that because he did it with Beyonce. And I feel like that's got to be the biggest flop of a song of all time. When you got Eminem and Beyonce on a record together. And it didn't chart anywhere. Uh, Tabernet with the Super Chat says, Forgotten, uh, forgot." Forgotten Snoop collab album with the 213, The Hard Way. Hey, I love that record, too. forgot about that, too. I haven't listened to that in a long time. Uh, I actually like that album that he did with the Neptunes, too. It was more of like, you know, some singing going on and stuff, but it was cool. Uh, OG TK Cole, my guy, he says, I know I say this all the time when y'all speak on Eminem, but Coop, you're wrong on this one. Eminem didn't find himself until he started hanging out with the Outsiders. I used to manage the outs. Tell them, OG. Oh, I want to know, OG, and you don't have the super chat to answer this. Was Eminem some super battle rapper like that? Because you were on the scene. You probably got the footage, and please send us the footage. Okay, okay. LP so, says, Juvie so stole the so show of all you. This is notorious stuff. So when you're saying it wasn't like that, you're like, he. <clears throat> this outside. should be good, guys. This should be good. Go you're ahead. You're talking about the collective from Jersey, right? Talking about Digger and all them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Young Z. Yeah, all of them. And that's how he got Pace plugged one. in. And that's, and that's how he got plugged into the whole, I guess, like, uh, that whole collective, like, you know, the Roots, Talib. Like, like I guess that's how he got in that whole conscious rock collective. Yeah. Correct? It's via the Outsiders, right? Mm-hmm. So how old is he when he's coming in? Because I'm not saying that like that didn't shape it, but that's what I'm saying is is that in that time period that he's talking about, what what's his name? OG OG yeah OG TK Cole yeah OG TK like in that time frame that I'm talking about those records that he was making around that time. That's what I'm saying that he is missing. Do you think you the MTV would have played those, those records? Those records that that collective inspired within him that he was making that path that he was on when he was with them. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from the inspiration because 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 him saying that is very plausible. But that doesn't take away the fact that he had something to do with Detroit's underground rap scene, and that doesn't take away my overall sentiment that we're really having this conversation because he did not make these types of records. So I mean, so I'm with. OG actually, like I'm not saying that like he had found himself and he was this all time great lyricist and battle MC. I'm saying he was the best shit smoking out of Detroit, and that got him to where you seen him at, where y'all maybe cultivated him and got him to a, part, a certain point. But I know that that guy that I was hearing on sound bombing and those freestyles and on sway, like all that shit that I was hearing, no, 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 that was somebody that was more rooted in hip hop fundamentals than hi, my name is hi, my name is. Who slip, slip, slim shape? No, that wasn't the dude that I heard. And, and OGTK Cole will probably give credence to that too. And that's all I'm saying is that he should have balanced the two. It's like, if you're going to do that, go do this rap shit that you was doing. I think that, all right, there's a thing I believe in. And I remember back then it was like the backpack rappers were viewed in a certain way. And the guys who actually sold albums were viewed a certain way in hip hop. And I, I credit Kanye West for bridging that gap. But... I think that they probably felt like if M would have continued to do those records you're talking about, he would have been another like uh, high and mighty. You remember them? They yeah, made, of course. Yeah. 
And I think that, that that's what they were trying to stay away from. That's why you get a high my name is. They weren't concerned with making hip-hop records. And that's my only point. I know we want to give Eminem hip-hop credit for his rhyming skills. But if somebody has those skills and they go out there and you intentionally make non-hip-hop records, can we give them hip-hop credit? And I only say that because his music doesn't get played in hip-hop spots because he wasn't making hip-hop records. Do you feel like High My Name Is is a hip-hop record? No, I don't. But that's what I'm saying is, is yeah. that, like, <clears throat> so, and I've said this before. <clears throat> I really blame Dr. Dre for all of this, Mike. I really, really do. Because he knows I blame better. Eminem for this because he can't rhyme over that stuff. No, no, no. That's not how I feel. I feel like Eminem came along at a time where Dr. Dre was desperate. And Dr. Dre wanted to hit it big and hit it hard. And Eminem provided him, because of his lack of melanin, the opportunity to do so. And so he did not invest in the hip-hop community musically like he should with him. So this is some of Dr. Dre's doing. Because when OGTK is talking about the tutelage of him with the outsiders, it's like, well, there's a second level of tutelage that was supposed to occur where Dre was supposed to keep certain things intact that got him here. Because here's what happens when you don't keep things intact. You get criticized to a degree. It's one of the things that Jay has struggled with. It's like, well, you came in talking a lot of big boy, dope boy shit. It's like, well, you don't sell dope anymore. And it's like, you believe in Allah now. And it's like, no, no, no. All of those things are beautiful for you. But that ain't really what you fed us. You fed me the nigga that was rhyming out of apartment 4B. Me and my <laughs> code didn't have no, no key. Pick the mailbox lock, right? That's you, right? <laughs> like, that was you. That's the shit you sold me on. So when you're talking about because Allah said so 20 years later, it's like, what happened to the nigga from apartment 4B? Can you give me some of that guy? Well, can you that, that, that guy is gone. To be the guy. I'm asking, like, can you give me some of that guy from apartment 4B? Can you give me some 97 Hope? Is he there? No, nah, that guy's not gone. This is nah, what you nah, got. You get what I'm saying? And so what I'm saying is that, that him very early on, and I'm saying this about Jay in a complimentary way. They stripped that shit of him within a year or two time. Yeah. But like they tried Jay to bring it back with eight miles. Like Jay's still talking dope boy talk like on Watch the Throne. You feel what I'm saying? But they tried to bring it back with eight mile, which I thought was smart. And I and I've said this before. I think them rebranding Eminem from the Marshall Mathers LP to the eight mile and the B Rabbit and the battle rapping character, I think that is genius. Because that's the image that they want to hold on to Eminem for, for his rap legacy. And I bet you, when he gets inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he's going to come out to lose yourself, hoodie, hoodied up on some real rap battle stuff. Uh, shout out to 007. He says, tell me a rapper better than AZ not named Nas in 1995 after Doa Die drops. Cool. Uh, think about the supreme literary devices on display before you respond. Who you got? I'm thinking. OGTK Cole says, Romfest murked Eminem in the battle. I have it on video. Please send that video to info at accordingtohiphop.com. I would love to see it. Okay, so... <clears throat> Said 95, AZ? Uh-huh. Who's better than AZ in 95? As a rapper? Uh, yeah. 
think about the literary devices. LP says, uh, facts, Coop. Uh, go ahead. If you're thinking about the literary devices of it, it might be A, but I would quibble. Actually, no. No. If he actually wants to bring in literary devices in it, I believe Liquid Swords came out in 1995. It did. I believe the first two albums I ever bought with my own money, they actually weren't albums. They were tapes. The first two tapes I ever bought were Do or Die and Liquid Swords with my own money. First two tapes I ever owned. So if we're talking about MC in 1995, Listen to what I'm about to say, because Nas didn't release an album in 1995, and neither did Big. Their guest appearance game was so strong in 1995 that it made you feel like they were the best MC that year. But I would quibble with you and say that I'll take Raekwon and Jizza in 95 over AZ, because Raekwon's a better songmaker than AZ in 95, and Jizza is a better lyricist if we're talking literary devices. Because <clears throat> you've heard Killer Hills 10304, right? Yes. There's a lot of literary devices going on, Mike. There's a lot of literary <laughs> devices going on just on that one record. And the use of alliteration on Liquid Swords, phenomenal. Simile, metaphor, like like as far as those three literary devices, it's a 10. So is the storytelling. So, is, so I can't say that clearly, but I get what he's saying about A. A is right there and not getting credit for being right there is what I think he's saying. LP says, uh, facts, Coop. Uh, this was Dre's plan. We're not talking about M20 years without my name is or those records. He doesn't blow over. Uh, he doesn't blow over uh, Premier Beats. Because hold on, because if he's Premier running around with the Outsiders and rhyming with Talib and Most and Black Thought, you telling me he don't want to rhyme on a Primo beat? That's why I'm bringing that shit up. You telling me he don't want to rhyme on a Dilla beat? Somebody is telling him that's not what we're gonna do. That's gonna work for you, but we are gonna make it work for you. I got you. It's like no, nigga, give me this rap shit. OGTK Cole says Rhymefest destroyed Eminem at that Blaze battle. I have it on video. Also, Eminem uh, copied Tretch and Cage his whole career, and nobody ever called it. The Tretch comment. We're talking about Tretch today, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to talk about Tretch. Actually, we're going to talk about Tretch and AZ and CL Smooth and MJG, and we talk about some underrated individuals. Uh, Marquez Davis says... Big was alive in 95. Love AZ, but his beats has always been my issue. After piece of, uh, Pieces of a Black Man, I guess, uh, Piece of Man. Piece of Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, song was fire, by the way. His beats have been hit or miss. He has been the whack beat picker. Also, third verse on Rather Unique is crazy. Yeah, um, beats are, you know, that's the thing, man. Like, beats are, I don't want to say it's hard. You have to fit who you are on this production. And the fact that Nas has been pegged as this bad beat picker or the worst beat picker, I think is so unfair. I mean, the man has Illmatic in his arsenal, and I hate to continue to go back to Illmatic, but anybody with records like that, uh, Thief's theme in their arsenal, Made You Look in their arsenal, like, I'm going to be honest, man. Like, some people that we don't even talk about being bad beat pickers don't have Nas's like in their catalog. They don't. I mean, I've, I've, I've been saying this for the last 20 years, Mike. When you be saying this beat picker stuff, it's like, when you're featured to the choir, I'm like, well, he's never a bad beat picker. And it's like, why? I'm like, well, Illmatic. It was written. <laughs> Half of I Am. Godson. Stillmatic. It's like. Solid murder. 
You like, have to understand that these songs are great, not just because Nas is great. It's like, no, some of these beats are really, really dope. Like, how about this? You I, know, I, think, I think he got that because of the the amount of diverse production Jay-Z and Big have been able to amass throughout their career. I think that the way people think about his beat picking is basically a reflection of Jay-Z's great beat picking, if that makes any sense. No, it. how about this? The beats on Reasonable Doubt are worse than the beats on Nas's first three albums. I disagree with you on that. I like the no, beats on Reasonable Doubt. I don't know, Mike, I'm, when you're saying, okay, so tell me the beats that you love. I love Can I Live. I, I do too. I love Can't Knock the Hustle. I love the you beat too. for uh, Dead Presidents. I love I politics as usual. Uh, I love feeling it. Okay. Um, I love um um um. Uh, what's the what's the song I'm thinking about? Uh uh uh, bring it on, bring it on is hard. Bring it on is hard. Bring it on is hard. So when you're saying that, Mike, the message, shootouts. I like those a lot. The setup. Yeah. Side murder. Yeah. Those beats are all better than the beats that I just... You get what I'm saying? Outside of bringing oh, on, I just make you better beat. Because when you're talking about Can I Live, like Irv Gotti produced Can I Live, but let's call it what it is. It's a loop. Can I Live's tough, though. On a technical know, level, it might not be like the can most difficult thing to put together, but it jams. Can, can I Live is tough. It's tough in the way that kind of like... I feel like Taken in Blood is tough. It's like, you hearing this shit this nigga saying? Like, I don't care what beat you put that on. Hear what he's saying, so I keep one eye open like CBS. You see me stressed, right? Well, Jay I mean, Short. If you're gonna talk like that, well, give me any old school beat. And what what comments say on what comments say on on that uh, on one day it all makes sense? Not for the money I could have sampled Diana Ross a long time ago. <laughs> nah, man, that's a great record, man. I, I no, don't think that applies. Record, but what I'm saying is, it's like Mike. We talking about the beats, though. It's like don't tell me "Can I Live" is like a great beat. It's like it's not. It is. Literally. It it's is. Walk On By Reloop, though, Mike. Don't it's tell me that's powerful. a great beat. Quiet Storm is a great beat because Prodigy actually did something with the original version of the track and freaked it. And as Rakim used to say, converted it and put it into a hip-hop form. Are you talking about Havoc? Yeah, Havoc. Jay Havoc. Short says, I need a literary devices A2HH t-shirt. Yeah, that'd be dope. We gotta put that together. <laughs> Nigga, I need a literary devices A2HH t-shirt. Y'all the one that started this literary device. <laughs> Uh, Jay Short says, no excuses for Dre. He could have worked with Snoop, the biggest oh. rapper of all time in 1999. He chose him. No one makes the choice unless you're part of the plan. I'm a published writer, and I never had so many talks about I've been a published writer since I was 16. I've never had more talks about literary devices till I started doing a hip-hop podcast. <laughs> LP says, AZ is a great rapper, but he don't check all them boxes. He huh. checks most of them, actually. Huh. We'll talk. Let's talk about AZ. I'm going to get to this last super chat real quick. Uh, LP says um, that that fell on Nas because every time that he got a mainstream ear, the production was subpar. But his standard, I am Nostradamus, um, hip hop is dead, untitled, Nasir. Uh, Ray Realm said last week, I said that M borrowed a flow from a certain. Uh, a certain rapper, and y'all said that he had to be 
referred to as Red Man. Oh, this is moving. I'm sorry. So I said M borrowed a flow from a certain rapper, and y'all said I had to be referring to Red Man. M openly stated Tretch was one of his uh, primary inspirations. So hold on. I want to go ahead and apologize right now for this. Uh huh. Because people in the chat are pulling it up. What's that? Well, the infamous dropped in 1995, so we need to talk about Prodigy too. Yeah, we do. And you know that's my guy. Yeah. And that infamous. Now, first of all, lyrically, his real shiny moment is actually his performances on Hell on Earth. He just doesn't have a Shook Ones Part Two level verse mm-hmm. on Hell on Earth, but most of his verses on Hell on Earth are at Give Up the Goods level on Hell on Earth. But Prodigy is right there. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. In 95, and I love me some big, and I love me some Nas. But if we're going to be objective, we're going to be fair. We ain't calling nobody the best rapper in 1995. They don't have no damn album and a great rap year with classic rap shit coming out. Okay? Yeah. That's not fair. Like, I love me some verbal intercourse, fast life, and eye for an eye. That's not enough. And neither is Get Money, Get Money remix. And uh, Well, he wrote the whole Junior Mafia album. The Junior Mafia album's not enough against the And play his anthem and One More Chance remix. No, no, no. That's not enough. You don't have an album out, nigga. Both of you niggas. So, no. So they did a lot in 95, though. No, no, huh? Who you giving MC of the Year to in 95? Prodigy? Well, I, well, I was about to say, we need to have a whole conversation about that because we got Prodigy with the Infamous. We got Ray and Ghost on the purple tape. AZ is fire on Do or Die. And, hmm. and so, like, all of those guys, it's arguable. Who else you got for me in 95? Got Jizzle, right? And Jizza, so if I was narrowing it down in 95, I would go Jizza, Prodigy, and AZ. What say you to that? Because I'll tell you what, Ray is great on the purple tape, and I love Ray on the purple tape. But if we're splitting hairs, he's only got incarcerated Scarfaces, Knowledge God, and Spot Rushers has actual solo songs on the purple tape. And so people are saying Tupac easy in 95. Said MC, right? Uh, Pac ain't an MC. Like, like, like he said literary devices, right? Literary devices. Okay. For going literary devices, I might go. Let's insert Pac in. What do you have for me after the top heavy stuff? Temptation. So many tears. Dear mama. The obvious. Yeah, those are big. Death around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Pour out a little liquor, right? It's pour out a little liquor. Ninety five. That's not ninety five. That's ninety three. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. That's ninety four. Ninety three. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like ninety four. Um. No. Let's slide Pac in. So let's slide Pac I in. I see corrupt in here too. No. That's that's pretty dope though. I mean, no. Let's be real. Dog corrupt food, got down dog on the dog food album. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So. Here's why. Here's why corrupt's not in there. So, if what do you think about the Big L thing too? After you say you're corrupted, no, no, no. Big L's album came out in 1994. Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. No, it came out in 95. Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous is 95. Yes, yeah, 95. The came album. out same day that uh, Old Dirty came out. Really? Yep. Must have been early, isn't that like January 10th or some shit or something yeah, like that? Might be like March or something. I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. He why probably was like bubbling was just- early. Yeah, put it on, and MVP was playing in 94. Yeah. That's why I've always felt like it was a 94 album. That was... But go ahead, say what you were saying about... um... Okay, no, no, no. Let's kind of like... Yeah, March 28, 95. 
I mean, I don't think that it's fair to the other contemporaries that Ray only has three solo songs, although he has the best album. I agree. No, no, I agree. So Ray is right there, but Ray also has his Nas. The, the verse of the year is on Ray's album, but it's Nas's verse. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's got Ghost on there on Incarcerated Scarfaces, Criminology, and Ice Cream. Those are three of the four singles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Heaven and Hell, too, if you wanted to count that as another one. Right. So I don't think we can give an MC of the year with that type of help in this type of year. LP Let's, says, does P have a better verse than Nas or Big in 95? I just said the best verse of the year in 95 is on Raekwon's album, but it belongs to Nas. It's Verbal Intercourse. Verbal Intercourse is the best verse that year. So Prodigy doesn't. So you don't think that the the first verse of Shook Ones, part two, is better than Verbal Intercourse? No, because it's 24 bars versus 16, and the 16 are cleaner and harder and more poignant and have more impact than the 24. This is what I'll say. I'll say on a technical level. No, no, it's 16 versus 24, too, so those are never fair battles. This is what I'll say. If I'm giving out verse of the year, if I'm giving out verse of the year, I'm probably going to give it the Prodigy's verse. Uh, This is the thing. I think that if you spit both of those verses to me, like, you know, in a vacuum or whatever, I'll say, okay, the Nas verse is a better verse. But if you talk about everything that this verse encompasses and what it meant to that year and what it means to that song, like, Shook Ones Part 2, I think we can all agree, is one of the strongest hip-hop records ever. And it's because this verse set this shit off in a very proper way. You know how I feel about Prodigy. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Shook One's part two is a bigger moment. <clears throat> yeah. It's a more impactful moment. No doubt. Not it's even a close. More, hold on, hold on. And it's a more important moment. But let's really break it down. Well, is the beat better? Of course it is. You think the beat the Shook One's is better than the beat the Verbal Intercourse? Because I know a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I don't think it's any question, and that's not even a slight to verbal intercourse. You you understand that it's like some people think that might be RZA's best beat. You do understand there are people that feel I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Now, if you ask me, if you ask me what was the better beat between Ice Cream and uh, Shook One's Part Two, then we'll have a discussion. Okay, even if if we were talking about incarcerated Scarfaces, but no, I think you're talking about how you personally feel. And that's why I keep trying to tell you is like, well, you're the biggest fan of that ice cream beat that I heard. I bet you more heads like the verbal intercourse beat over the ice cream beat. I, I, I would love to ask the people in the room which Let's one y'all people, picking. No, no, I would love to put that up because I think a lot of the heads would probably prefer the verbal intercourse beat over the ice cream beat. I love both of the beats, but what I'm trying to tell you is that beat wise, not as much separation as you think. Rhyme wise, big Mike, separation. Mike, 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 rhyme wise. It's not a question on like what the rhyme is. If you want to go to like the check the rhyme moment, but I'm going to give you influence and impact in the moment. Yeah. But you, but you didn't ask me all that. You asked me which verse was better. Yeah, Nas, I did ask you better. that. You asked me the Nas if what verse was better. The Nas verse is better. It's not more impactful. It's not more important. You're not even going to play it more. But it's better. Yeah. Through the lights, cameras, action, glamour, glitters, and gold, I unfold the scroll plant, scenes of stampede, the globe when I'm deceased, plotting the beast to rise like yeast to conquer peace, leaving savages to roam in the streets, live on the run. 
police Shit's paying crazy. to give him my gun, trick the system with the wisdom that imprisoned my son, smoke a gold leaf, a whole heat, nonchalantly, I'm grouchy, but things I do is real, it never haunts me. Mike, it reads poetically speaking. Listen, it's, I've said on here before. This is rhyme, right? Only this built for Cuban links. Converted into hip hop form, right around that you see me in deep concentration because I'm no comedian. comedian. Do you see where the style and the flow and the cadence is coming from? It's literally the flow and the style and the cadence is literally coming from Rockem's best stuff. It is a better verse. Only built for Cuban links is probably the most lyrical hip hop album I've ever heard. And Top the, three, the and this is the best there. verse on that album. Uh, Man Nan says, uh, "Mr. Cheeks writing." Hold on, it said, "Mr. Cheeks writing." CL Smooth. Uh, AZ, Tretch, Master Killer, Grand Pooba, Ed OG, Large Professor, Feral March, Sticky Fingers, Buckshot, Chic Looch, Underrated. That is a great list. And you know we what? Have- We're going to get to some of the most underrated MCs in hip-hop. Who are your top five most underrated MCs in hip-hop, in your personal opinion? You're putting me on the spot. After watching that versus, I definitely have to put MJG in there. Okay. So MJG is in there. The guy that we've been talking about in 1995, AZ, which we need to wrap up and then kind of maybe getting into our ratings. Um, mm-hmm. AZ uh, would be would be there. So we have MJG, AZ. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, the way that y'all talk about game makes me feel like game is underrated as an MC. Like the way people modern day talk about game, uh-huh. relationship to his peers, because every time we bring up game, people literally clown us like we're crazy. When I look at his catalog and I look at his records, I'm like, man, he's better than some guys that y'all think flow better than him. And I think so the, I would say there's been a bad MO put on game, I think, because of all the collaborations. And I think that and the collaborations and name dropping have hurt him. But what I'm trying to mm-hmm. tell people is like we're actually like almost a decade from him really doing that. I think what game needs to do, and he kind of did it on. Um, well, what he needs to do is do a record with. No features like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I know he can do it. Because some of his strongest songs are just him. The Doctor's Advocate and LAX are not feature heavy. They're not. They have appropriate amount of features. On The Doctor's Advocate, you got a verse from Exhibit, a verse from Corrupt, a verse from uh, Busta, a verse from Nas, and a hook from Jamie Foxx. You know what I think happened to the game? And a verse from Ye. You know what I think happened to the game? And it's kind of like the reverse of the Eminem thing. He had the machine and he walked away from the machine. He kept making quality music. But when you walk away from the machine and people don't see you everywhere anymore, it makes people feel like you fell off, even if you didn't. Right. 007 with the Super Chat says, um, go back and listen to Doe or Die. I feel you on on the Jizza discussion. But the way AZ was chopping up words was absurd. Verbal intercourse left Raekwon in awe. Enough said. No, I know he is on Do or Die. He's the guy that on the actual record, and before we let any titty boppers try to stop us, we'd rather put our head through the propellers of a helicopter. That guy? Yeah, no, I know who that guy is on there. Mr. Yeah. Pragmatic says, Shook One's beat is up there with Gangstar's Masterpill. I agree. Mm, okay. 
Um, I think uh, what, people. What's that have... saying on, on Rather Unique? We was all fucked up with a mayor named Giuliani. You could try to blind me, analyze, but can't define me. My words divine, intertwined with Gandhi sparks for feeble. I leave your nostrils hard to breathe through because my cerebrals is more like the high plains and the Hebrews. My mic devotion brings out my deepest emotions, overdosing wannabes. Coaxing, send them through convulsions too hard to follow. You took a bite but couldn't swallow. Your mind's boggled, but I'm as deep as Donald Goy's novel. My whole persona. Kind of laid back like a recliner. And since a minor, I've been fucking with marijuana. Yeah, no, 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 no. That guy, no, no, no. He's in this conversation. We're having this conversation because he is immaculate on Dover Diet. He actually doesn't get enough credit. Like, what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm actually putting him in the conversation over Raekwon and Ghostface in 95 because Raekwon and Ghostface are helping each other on the purple tape and don't have the best verse on their own damn Wu-Tang album. And Nas don't have an album and Big don't have an album. So they're out, too. So that would leave us with. Hold on. And if we want to be fair to corrupt, let's be fair to corrupt because dog food is 95 and he's great on dog food. And I love me some dog food. Mike. Yeah. LP yeah. says uh, AZ don't answer the questions who, what and where. So so listen to what I'm saying. And so if you want to go top five ninety five, let's say and this is, a, 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 I think, a what do you fair think list. about Andre three? That, oh, that's 96. I'm tripping. It's 95. All he has yeah. is Benzor. Yeah. And I think what is Everlasting from the Nothing to Lose soundtrack 95? Nah, that's, that, that's 96. That's 96, 97, right? Yeah. Right. So Corrupt for Dog Food, Prodigy for the Infamous. Well, here's what they both have. Help, because they're in a duo. Okay? Yep. So they're not taking on the bulk of solo work that AZ and Jizza and Tupac took, put on. So what I would tell you is, is that although I probably love Prodigy the most that year, if we're talking about MC of the year, we're going to really weight the material. This conversation probably needs to be about AZ, Jizza, and Tupac, because they did the best solo work. Let's go. I might go with Tupac on that. Uh, LP says, Fonte is truly the most underrated. Um, Jay Short I, says, you I'm guys never mentioned Exhibit. He's definitely underrated. I was just talking about Exhibit the other day. Huh. I think I might have been talking on the phone about Exhibit. I don't think I've talked about Exhibit on the show. I'm okay with Exhibit being on the underrated list. This is who I had. Leroy, I had CL Smooth, right? I'll put him in. He's in mine, too. Alright, I got CL Smooth. And this is in no particular order. Um, I think AZ's there, but this is the thing about AZ, man. He's become such a a common person that people name in the underrated stance is like, is he really underrated then? Because so many people recognize how underrated he is. Can we stop for a second? Yeah. He's where Black Thought used to be. Exactly. And we were talking about that offline. Like, Black Thought and AZ used to be the people that got named the most. And then but somehow, Black Thought, Black Thought has made that jump from underrated list to everybody's he's top segwayed. 15. Yeah. Oh, he segued into another stratosphere. Yes. <clears throat> he's no longer underrated. I think that um, I think the AZ's on that border too, where it's like whenever you mention underrated, AZ's the first person mentioned. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I kind of want to go with the people that no one ever mentions. Um, so, like I said, CL Smooth. I think the Tretch thing is interesting. I think the Tretch thing is interesting. Too, I think Tretch is it because, and I say that because for similar reasons why <laughs> I say CL Smooth. Tretch has one of the greatest hip-hop records or two of the greatest hip-hop records of all time. One of them is his solo record, which is OPP, and we never mention him 
on the top whatever whatever list. I'll, I'll agree with you on that, and I actually think that he has three of the best hip hop records ever because I think hip Uptown Anthem is up there too. Well, Benny's on both that and Hip Hop Parade, so you know. But, no, but I get you. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that yeah. you know he's you know he's he's made all time great stuff. Yeah. So I would say. So where was I? We were. I was at. You AZ, said the game. Yeah, A Z M J G the game. Who would my fifth person be? I don't know. See, I think about somebody. See, here's what I mean. I like people who have fulfilled their potential because I think like somebody like Raskas is still underrated. You feel me? Right. But it's like, has he fulfilled his potential? It's like, we'll, we'll, we'll know. It's like, I see people saying corrupt in here. It's like, eh, What do you think about like, Big Boy from Outkast? How underrated is he at this point? You think he's still underrated? He might go in the underappreciated category. He's more underappreciated than he is underrated because he gets underappreciated about the gravitas that comes with Dre. Yeah. Not necessarily underrated anymore. I think he has been recognized by his peers and people outside of the region has an elite MC. You get what I'm saying? Like when I hear him, when I hear when I like when I heard him, you remember the I'm So Hood remix? Mm-hmm. He's got the best verse on there. Well, he might be the best rapper on there. Cause hold on. Thank you. Cause he was the best motherfucking rapper on there, yeah. Mike. He's the best rapper on the I'm So Hood remix. So how was like, and I and I remember that moment because I was like, damn, I'm like, Daddy Fat Sex came through, and then I was like, hold on, I'm like. Oh, he the best rapper on the song. Like, right. yeah. Like, yeah. So that's what I mean about him being underrated. It's like, no, a lot of times he'd be like, no, he's the best rapper in here. Yeah. You know? Jay Short yeah. says, um, Dirt All By My Lonely, Naughty By Nature, Tretch, classic. Yeah, I, I got to put Tretch on this list, man, because Tretch is dust. You know, I was listening to Aaliyah's One in a Million album. I was like, I forgot Tretch is on here. I was listening to Girl Like You this past week, too, Mike. I forgot he's on there, too, and they're doing the back and forth. Yeah. I'm looking for a girl like you. Well, here I go. Oh, you won't yeah. lie, too. Well, tell me more. I'm looking. When you well, think about it, Tretch's whole vibe was like that whole early 90s sound anyway. That's why he's been forgotten, Mike. He might be the best representative of that early 90s era that the sound got lost in because hip-hop was changing. Because think about it, like, he has Tupac stories that nobody else has. Because Tupac is actually the transitional figure of his era. But guess who's with Tupac a lot of those times? Yeah. I mean, even remember when he put out, well, when Naughty by Nature put out Feel Me Flow. I love Feel Me Flow. Killing it. You about He's to feel the chronicles nasty. of a bionicle lyric, lyrically spitting, just hitting. I'm on a mission and just hitting. It's, yeah, he just kept going. That, like, so that's 95. Poverty's Paradise is 95, right? Because yep. they won the best rap album over Dirty that year. Yep. Oh, Feel Me Flow is one of the best mic performances that year. Yeah. Period. Um, I, I don't give a fuck about the single. Like, the mic shit going on. Forget if it's a single and I hear the mic shit going on. This guy's ripping the mic in a ski snoot at a snowstorm. Like, <laughs> on the video. So oh, you, you know, got AR, you got Tretch, you got AZ. No, no, no. Tretch not in this in 95. Oh, okay. No, no. I'm talking about like most underrated list. We're talking about two different lists, I guess. You want to know what? How about <clears> this? People say I always stick to my guns and I never change. I had somebody else that I wanted to put in, but about everything that we're saying about Tretch and about the fact that we're actually about to talk about his MC capability, I will say Tretch because here's what I tell you. And I always remember this. You know, I'm, I talk. I pulled up on my cousin today. He's taking his vacation this week. Uh-huh. Remember, I, we were talking about how I pulled out the people's instinctive linear notes and I couldn't even remember pulling them out. Well, I remember when he bought Ready to Die. And I can remember pulling out the notes to Ready to Die. And I can remember Biggie shouting out Tretch in 94. And I was thinking to myself, 
damn, this nigga Big is like looking at Tretch still because he, he was said talking OPP is a crazy record. I remember him saying that. Yep. Because what Tretch was doing with literary devices on OPP. OPP, how can I explain it? I take a frame my frame. It's a brilliant record. Dumping, shouting, saying it. O is for other P is for people scratching temple. The last P, well, that's not that simple. Busted. He sound like a, he's a professor. You want to talk about some literary devices? <laughs> <laughs> literary devices. OPP <laughs> is brilliant. No, the opening is literally like a professor opening up a class and telling you how the syllabus is going to go. OPP, how can I explain it? I take a frame, I frame it to have you all jump and shout and say in it. Oh, it's for other P, it's for people scratching simple. The last P, well, that's not that simple. And then he's like, well, let's start class. And then yeah. the beat drop. Boom, 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 boom. No, yeah. he on time won't talk about some literary devices up in this piece. Yo, what, what was that that he did on Hip Hop Parade? It was like... You heard about a lot about a brother gaining more ground, getting low down, or do the showdown with any little hoe round. I don't oh. know who you believe in. He said, uh, you put your heart in a part of a part that spreads apart. Uh, dang. When you had a spark. Yeah, kill him. Sometime when, when we had a spark. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mr. Pragmatic says, AZ is to Nas what Kobe was to Jordan. Seeing the better version kind of hurts AZ's status. Mm. LP says, Name a bad Fonte song or album. Not many rappers are as relatable. Uh, touch the subject matter that he does. Has the wordplay that he does. AZ, Game, CL, Smooth, just rap. You from the Carolinas, right? Uh, what do you think about Fonte being on a underrated list? I'm okay with it, but... Is Fonte okay, better than what MJG? I'm listen, to what I'm, listen, to what I'm, listen to what I'm about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Fonte is almost two everyday people for his own good in rap, and that doesn't play well in rap all the time. Superhero stuff goes in rap. Deeper, so you, like, yeah, superhero shit is what goes down in rap, Mike. So it's like, no, it's Fonte. It's, he's, like, he's, like, he's like a working man's champ with it you know what i'm saying and i like fonte i respect fonte and fonte is really dope on the mic but and not situationally i'm talking about performance wise on the mic he doesn't do all anything awe-inspiring that makes you say that's that nigga you know what i'm saying yeah like like and he doesn't have those next level bars like i always go back to that this is what i mean i always go back to this literary device as a bar because it changed <laughs> the way that i thought about Rhyming. When Nas said on New York State of Mind, my rhyming is a vitamin held without a capsule. I was like, that's a punchline that doesn't punch. It hits somewhere different. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's piercing a different place of what a rhyme and rhyme scheme should be when he's talking that way. And for how Fonte rhymes, I need to hear more of that style of rhyming on that level. But I get what people are saying. It's very relatable in that sense, though. Very relatable. Uh, yeah. Ray Realm says five of the truly underrated MCs he got love the genius, uh, Rise Kaz, Elzai, Shay Noir, and Wise Intelligent. I like the Wise Intelligent pick too. It's he another person we don't state. talk about enough. That's upstate. Yeah. <laughs> Man Dad yeah. says Big Pun was on uh, 1999, uh, Naughty's Fury. You know, I, I don't think I've heard that album all the way through. You know what? Another, another Naughty by Nature record I love too. It was Craziest. Now I know that was before that album, but Craziest was hard. Yeah, Detroit Niggas is the craziest. Yo, that nigga Tretch was going wild on that record. 
And then he called out Jermaine for, those, for not for biting him on. Uh, go ahead, my bad. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was no, gonna he, say he called out Jermaine Dupree for you know what I'm saying the whole crisscross thing. Well, no. Well, here's the thing about it, and this is what I mean about Tretch. Like a lot of those records. How about this? Even when we talk about Eminem and we have this conversation where we're like, well, where are the hip hop songs at? Well, Naughty by Nature was out here making hip hop records, but they were still doing Uptown Anthem and Craziest and stuff like that. Yeah. To the hip hop core and audience in case those hits stop flowing one day, you can still go out and perform those records. They can still do Uptown Anthem. They can still do Craziest. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm kind of talking about that M's been missing. What do you think about Mr. Cheeks? I like, how about this? I very mean, talented songwriter. Mr. Cheeks, Mr. Cheeks is a very talented songwriter, Mike. Mm-hmm. Very talented. Like Lost Boys on Legal Drug Money? Yeah. Is that 95? Yep. So here's okay, so here's what I'll tell you about Mr. Cheeks and Corrupt in 1995. You know who's really hurting them? How bone chilling prodigy is as a group member of Mob Deep on the Infamous. Ain't no group members. Sounding better than Prodigy of Mob Deep in 1995. I'm sorry. Like, all due respect to Corrupt, Cheeks, like, all you dudes, it's like... Well, Cheeks was a little different, though, because he was kind of like a solo MC in a group. Right. He didn't really have to share bars. And I know people are bringing up Grand Pooba, too. We can... No, we're not talking about no Grand Pooba in 95. No, we're not. Oh, no, no. We're just talking about underrated MCs. No, no, no. We got him on the list of underrated MCs. I'm not a fan of Pooba. Me and Six... Me and my cousin Six pulled up today. We had a conversation. I'm going to get into it about it. Pooba's one of those guys. It's like when we get to Pooba, people just going to have to explain to me why they like him and how. You know I think what I'm he was slightly before our time, I think. Because usually when well, I get the Pooba talk, it's from people who are slightly older than me. Cuz four years older than yeah, us. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it I'm is. Saying. Yeah. Like, so, so when Cuz told me, I was like, Cuz, what about Pooba? He was like, uh... I was like, what about Chubb Rock? He was like, Chubb Rock can rap. He was like, he came around during that dance time, though, so we don't know how he would have adjusted to the era, cuz. And I was like, ooh, I was like, that's valid. You know what I mean? When he talked about Chubb, because you and I both like Chubb on the mic, but he was talking about that adjustment period, because that's that Tupac stretch time, too. Pasta News from um, De La Soul, I think, is super underrated. He loved Pasta News. He he asked me, he was like, y'all covered Fife and Q-Tip yet? And I was like, we got to take Pasta News off till we cover Fife and Q-Tip. He was, <laughs> and he looked at me, he was like, he looked at me kind of like disgusted, like, like, nigga, like, yeah, you fucking up. Well, you like, know Q-Tip's <laughs> my guy, right? So I think of everybody in that whole crew and that collective, I think Pasta News is probably the most talented. The best He's MC. the best lyricist. He's the best lyricist. There you He's go. He's the best That's lyricist the out of Native I think that Q-Tip might be the best MC. Right? Being Q-tip the best front man. most tools in his toolbox. Yeah. I don't know if he's the best MC. Because like Cuz was telling me today, he's like, I know Q-Tip is better. He's like, but give me Fife. Because Fife does like that bully foot rap. People love Fife. I love Fife. Rest Cause it's one of those people. Yeah, Six is one of those people. He's like, because he didn't know Fife had dropped the album. And so I just sent him Fife's album. I was like, you need to listen to it. And he's like, you know, that was really more big bro thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, that's that bully foot rap shit that you like the red man do that's like on Fife album. He's like, oh, I was like, yeah. And that's when he was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, send it to me. Ray Realms of the Super Chat says, five of the truly underrated MCs. He got another batch. He got Rock Marciano, my guy. Uh, AZ. <laughs> Saha the Prince, Big Boy, and Ace Hood. I like the Ace Hood pick. Saha and Ace Hood don't have enough work. Ace Hood needs his appreciation, though, because, you know, I'm just going to be real. I know we got 200-something people in the room. 
I feel like Meek Mill took Ace Hood's style. I do. Yeah. Took his whole flow, his whole approach, all that. Uh, AK The Curtain says, Sean Price? Yes, man. Sean Price is my guy. Sean Price? That's your guy, Mike. That's they named two of your guys, Sean They named him my guys, Rock man. Marcy. Rock Marciano they, and they, Sean they, Price. Yeah, I say, y'all are named the Mike guys. Rock Marcy, Sean Price. Yeah. Somebody said Buckshot. Buckshot's underrated. So, I'll tell people this. How Buckshot this? had a moment. For real. He did. For real, for okay, real. Okay, so, I'm just going to briefly run through the people who are not on my list, our list today who we're still going to cover that we have down already. Mia X, Ja Rule, Fat Joe, E-40, Too Short, Guru, Black Thought, Buckshot, 8-Ball, Killer Priest, Special Ed, Pasudnos, Grand Pooba, Pasudnos. Noose. I'm sorry. I got to get that right. Okay. <laughs> you probably just call him Plug One. You know what I mean? You want to know what? I've been doing that my whole life, Mike. No, I know. It's all good. It's like, no, it's like ingrained in me. I got to change it. And uh, Chub Rock. So all those guys that y'all are talking about, we got coming. And Heavy D, too. So, like, people yeah. like people that y'all are naming. Some of the people that y'all are naming were actually about to cover right now. Jay Short says, uh, The Brat, I have no proof, but I think that she clearly is the best female rapper. If um, it should, he said, I should, uh, I would have signed uh, to a real hip. If she would have signed to a real hip-hop label, she'd be in the top ten. Uh, that's funny you say that. And respect to Jermaine Dupree. I do think that he even said this himself. It took him a minute to actually find the direction for Brat. And I think he never really took hold of what her sound was going to be. I think she never really found a sound. I think even with Funkify, they were piggybacking off of G-Funk and everything. And once that was done on the next album, what was it? Uh, Another Tantrum. She just didn't have a sound, really. And that's unfortunate, man, because the Brat was really dope. Give it to you. The remix is my favorite female rap song ever. Yeah. Well, can we speak to that? So I think that's what happened. I think that she just came along in a time where she never sat a song. I told you, Funkify is probably my favorite rap album by a female rap artist on a personal level. And the uh-huh. stuff on there is great. It just definitely sounds Snoop and Biggie inspired. Yeah. And... If she and, and so I don't know if that's fair to Jermaine to say that if she would have been with a more hip hop oriented to label, I want you to understand that it's like, well, they didn't know what to do with female MCs. Like Latifah and Light's albums wasn't like that. They're solid, but they're not like that. Lil Kim's hardcore is an achievement because of the money put behind it. You get what I'm saying? It's like, no, no, no. She got marketing. She got a budget. Well, she was behind the guy that was running rap too. Right, she got big and puff behind yeah. her, so it's different from her. What I'm trying to tell y'all is that Funkified isn't even the same without Jermaine Dupree. Because no, like, you're she right, and, and she doesn't sell a million. She doesn't become the first female rapper to go platinum without Jermaine Dupree's tutelage either. Coop, you there? No, 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 no. I'm here. No, no, no. I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm just trying to go back to the time, and I'm trying to think of a female artist that wasn't sexualizing themselves overtly, like to the point of it being like borderline prostitution that would have got the record play that Brat got from JD. So when people, like people got to understand that, that like Funk Defy came out in 1994. Like you got to understand what the climate is like 
for women, they it's still kind of baggy at that point. I don't think things really changed until 95, 96. Right, but in 1994, what I'm saying is that she's wearing baggy. <laughs> And braids and going platinum. That's a big, big accomplishment. Because even when you're saying that, Mike, it's like, no, nah, Roughneck by MC Light. MC Light had changed her whole style up. Yes, she did. That was about the labels. LP says, uh, the Rome like a cell phone in Italy in search of the real shit he got uh, that sprinkled throughout his music. But I feel you, Coop, to every man. He's talking about Fontaine, the every man comment. I think that, you know, everybody's approach is, you know, everybody's approach and contribution is needed in hip hop. But yeah, I agree with Coop when you say that you have, when you have like a certain persona, it reaches a certain demographic and a certain listener, shall I say. Oh, hold on. So how about this? Let me say this. Some of the traits that I express about Fonte, I feel like Q-Tip has the same traits. But guess what? Q-Tip has a much better voice. He has a better delivery. He is a better producer. You get what I'm saying? It's like Q-Tip does the same thing, but he got a lot of other tricks in his bag that help it play well. Like Get a Hold, Get a Hold is the type of record that probably inspired Fonte. I was going to say, yeah. I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, get you're right. Get a Hold is out of Fonte's bag. The words <laughs> are coming in my head right now as you say it. You're right. That's, that's straight out of Fonte's bag. Mike, what's my favorite Q-Tip solo record? Get a Hold. Get a Hold. Is Fonte Q-Tip, though, entertainment-wise, voice-wise, delivery-wise? Q-Tip has star power. And like you said, you said another thing when you said that he's a great producer. He has that, well, Kanye has that element that Q-Tip has. He understands how to put together records. And he doesn't have to be the strongest MC to put together great songs. Because he's such a talented musician that he has the star power, he has the wit. And he has the production ability where he could just put together a Bonita Apple Bomb and really just be talking on the song. No, get a hold, Mike. That song is not complicated. No. Like that third verse. It never is. Electric relaxation isn't either. That third verse is as lyrical as you'll ever hear Q-Tip get. Yeah. And you'll be just getting started, got the redirect his vision, got the beauty of a mile plus the vicious like plus dimensions like a prison. Your minds are locked down like a prison. Y'all really need to go lay down because positivity is risen. We hitting. You'll check how strong we two be broken. No, that's Fonte. That's where he got that from. <laughs> you know, me- it's funny, man. People talk about Magoo being the wackest rapper ever, which I don't agree with. But you can hear how influential Q-Tip is to Magoo, even. Like, just the approach. But again, Magoo's not the producer that, you know, Q-Tip is and whatever, whatever. And it just doesn't turn out the same. But it's wild, man. Q-Tip is incredibly talented. And he's birthed a lot of people that people might not even realize that he's birthed. And guess what? He doesn't have no superhero persona. <clears throat> no. And because, because he doesn't have a superhero type of persona, how about this? Like him and Busta Rhymes, who you got better? Busta. A lot of that has to do with what? The persona. Yeah. Vo- they both got great voices on two different trajectories. <laughs> Right, because Q-Tip is a star, Mike, but Busta is a superstar now, isn't he? Q-Tip's a star. Busta's a superstar. LP says, a- uh, West Coast, uh, LP says West Coast was so big in the early 90s that it made CL, Tretch, Plug One, Chubb, Heavy D, Pooba underrated over time because their music gets overshadowed. Yo, the uh, Real Letter Washington says something I thought was interesting. He said, I was going to say the Brats should have been signed to Death Row, but... 
Look at how they shelved Rage, shaking my head. But and, in a vacuum, listen, though, that, if she was on hard. death row, no, it wasn't gonna play, Mike. You don't think so? You don't think? All right, let's just say hypothetically, the chronic doggy style, and then the brat has Funkify produced by Dr. Dre in '94. Stupid already met Rage on tour in like '92, '93 in VA. Well, let's just say that Rage didn't exist, like, or she was somewhere else, right? Right. Let's just say hypothetically, in a vacuum, the brat is on death row during that run. Fuck the five, the brat, with Dre and Snoop. Okay, so listen to what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying. I was trying to say this in a nice way. I'm going to say it in a very, very direct way so people understand. <laughs> this misogynistic, male-dominated industry. None of them were about to give her the time and the attention and the care, and the actual a and Ring that Jermaine Dupri gave her. Nobody else with his kind of clout was about to give her as a woman in 1993-94 what Jermaine Dupri gave the bread. So nobody <clears throat> thinking that Puff was about to do it, or Suge was about to do it, or all these other guys, he had already proven himself to be the only man for the job, and here's why. Well, he was willing to take on teenagers and make them rap stars. You yep. get what I'm saying? He was more flexible than the other guys. Taking on a female rap artist like her was not the thing to do. Those other guys were not going to take her on. As a matter of fact, people taking on the female rap artist literally comes from the brat and functify going platinum. You're actually right, because before then, it was like female MCs was kind of on their own. No, you literally had to be Latifah. Lauren Hill or MC Light type of nice to get a deal. Well, see, Lauren hadn't even broke yet. I mean, they were on no, blood they and on reality. Deal. They had a deal. Fuji's no, they had, had a, deal. a deal. The Fuji's had a deal, and they had dropped a brick too. Like they, it wasn't proven like that. But what what you're saying though, when you talk about Latifah, Light, they weren't like in crews like so so death. I mean, like Latifah had flavor unit, but it's but she like, was a boss. Latifah's different. And Latifah people need to understand different. that. Like, Flavor Unit has been around for 30 years, and it's still going. Latifah's so, been a boss. So, so let's stop that for a second. Well, I guess back. she was in um, um, the collective that, you know what I'm so, saying, uh, no, with, with so, Daylight. So, 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 yeah. No, so Latifah's part of the... How about this? She ain't the tail. She's part of the head. Or heads, okay? Oh, yeah, definitely. She's different. Latifah, so in Latifah in 1994, what is Latifah doing? She's doing a sitcom. She's doing Living Single. Okay, so let's go back to the other person in her stratosphere. What is MC Light doing in 1994? Uh, she's doing Roughneck. Was um, Black Rain, was that 94 or 95 for Latifah? 93, I believe. Was it? Okay. Great record. Hold on, Black everybody. Rain might be 92, Mike. Y'all look it up in the chat real quick. I think Black Rain's actually 92, 93. Maybe. Uh, okay, Madness so says, I, no, Heavy no, no. D is straight Jamaican, representing to the fullest. Yes. Oh, hold on, listen to what I'm about to say about MC Light, and I say this respectively. Well, right after Funk Defied came out, you hear her with Puff and JD, Cold Rock a Party, and yeah. Keep On. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that's, you're right, that's off of the, that's off of the momentum of the brat. That's off She was even in the Give It To You remix. Correct. You want to know why? Well, the video, Brett, excuse me. Because the brat was the first person to come along since her and kind of reset the pace because Latifah was a boss and kind of bossed herself out of the situation. Yeah. Light yeah. start playing the game 
that the Bratton kind of set on fire for a minute. And that set the female game on fire. And then you got Kim and Foxy after this. After. Ray Realm says, deeper uh, deeper than underrated, deeper than underappreciated. Give me the top five forgotten dope rappers of all time. Special Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Special Ed's forgotten about Special Ed. Yo, Special Ed was dope as hell. Special Ed's dope as hell. Uh, LP says, Suge had Rage and Left Eye and did nothing with it. Yeah, the the, the Nina album, the non-identity, non-applicable album, Mm -hmm. it did nothing with the Nina album. And that was late 90s. You know, I think Left Eye is another one that can kind of go in that category. I know we remember Left Eye from being on TLC, but as an MC and how nice she was on the mic, I don't think people really understand how dope of a lyricist the Left Eye was. How about this? Left Eye is better than DeBrat as an MC to me, but I don't I have enough that. evidence. No, you're right. I don't have enough evidence to prove that. 007 says, give me an underrated rapper from uh, Flyover State. Flyover State. Uh, from a Flyover State to listen to. I feel like they get no love. Uh well, do they even the have Midwest? anyone? I guess he's talking about like Kansas City and stuff. Yeah, Midwest. He's talking yeah. Midwest. Uh, also, there's got to be someone uh, from Europe. They got hoods like Brixton uh, where somebody has to have a story to tell. You know, I don't want to give too much game know, Hold on, hold on. Here. 007 know about Brixton. Okay, so Brixton is like the urban side of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I know because I was there. Lower East Side, outside of London, about 20 minutes. That's where most of the black people reside. It's where a lot of the... When I was there, Mike's where a lot of the raves go yeah. on back in the day. You remember the glow sticks with the raves and all that? I mm-hmm. was out there when all that was going on. That was where you went for all that. That's where all the black girls were. That's why I went there. Well, Tech 9 and Freddie Gibbs would be my answer. But this is what I do want to say, man. And, you know, we out here now. You know, people rock with our show. We really appreciate all our subscribers. Subscribe to the According to Hip Hop YouTube channel and, you know, click the bell icon, know where we're going live. But what I've always wanted to do, Coop, I always wanted to do like this concept hip hop show where it's like you document rappers that are coming from cities that you didn't even know rappers came from like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we live in the Internet era now. We're getting people coming from everywhere, but we still can't sit here and pinpoint like, okay. Who's the best MC in Oklahoma City? I know they rhyming over there. Do you know who the best MC in uh in Phoenix is right now? I don't know. You want to know what's crazy? Is that Game actually when he did Black Wall Street, he actually the first artist he signed actually came out of Arizona. Okay. And I heard some of his stuff. And so like there'd be talent in different places. Game had actually signed the artist out of Arizona. Mike, I got offered a six-figure uh album deal one time and it was from an independent uh label based out of arizona so there's like talent running around everywhere like they found me in arizona and reached out to me and it started politicking with me about a deal and this is 15 years ago so you know there's talent everywhere even 15 years ago there was talent there so like who's the best mc in portland like you know what i'm saying like no no no, you're right or indianapolis like just kind of going in those cities and seeing what the hip-hop scene is like well, well you know i mean I hate to say it like this. You typically find your best MCs in your blackest areas. And, you know, like like Gibbs is from Gary. Yeah. <laughs> you been to Gary before, Mike? I've never been to Gary. You don't want to go. 
Feel me? Go see Michael Jackson's house and dip. <laughs> don't go on that block, Mike. Don't do yourself that. Don't do yourself like that. You don't know them niggas. Um, Chicago, Detroit, yeah, DC, Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you go look at even go look at like. Well, go look at the clips in Virginia. It's like, well, where are them niggas from? It's like, oh, where are they from where the niggas are? They're from Norfolk and from the beach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, where we be at? We be in Suffolk, Norfolk, and the beach. Yeah. Where are clips from? You feel me? Yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting concept, man. Where, oh, you oh, know, hold on. Hold on, Mike. Let's go to Carolina. Uh-huh. J. Cole? That's Vietnam, Mike. We call it Vietnam. That's like, Vietnam got the biggest gang activity in North Carolina last time I checked. You know what I'm saying? When I was a scrap, they, they, they was the ones that had the gang culture popping the most. We called it Vietnam, and not because the army base is there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tabernet says, Coop, you turned down a... Tabernet says, Scoop, you turned down a six-figure deal? Yeah, I did. They offered me $150,000. Why'd you turn it down? You didn't like the terms? and Truthfully, there was a couple things. A, I was making the type of money at the time. It's like, oh... So you niggas are going to pay my taxes for me because I'm already making about that. Second, I actually sent that to an attorney of mine who was a dear family friend in D.C. who literally sent me an email back that said, I've seen you work too hard to put yourself in the position for you to sign on the dotted line for something like this. Right. That's all I needed to hear. I had a, I had an attorney. Tell me that who I happen to know. Like I literally slid that paperwork over to them and they were like, Yeah, be like, You making what? You doing what out here? And they're like, nigga, like I did love they, you. you. Did they allow you to counter or just huh? Well, I mean, it was more about the recouping fees that came with it gotcha. and stuff. When I started explaining what my lifestyle and what my money was already looking like, and then she was like, understand, she was like, nigga, you might have to start dipping into what you make to pay these niggas back, <laughs> like if it if it don't go your way. And right. it was just one of those things. It was like it was almost like one of those how much confidence you got <laughs> stuff type of deals. It's like, well, I got confidence I can make six figures a year without you niggas. How about that? Yeah. Jay Short says, Heavy D got to be on the list. Uh, he was on the radio consistently. He has skills. Was a superstar that was kind of forgotten now. Could arrival LL hit wise in the early 90s. Yeah. Do you think that uh, Heavy D is underrated? I do. So one of the comp people me and Cuz talked about today is it. Well, how many guys from his era could flip words like him outside of Cool G Rap? I think his image was so crossover, and he was like that hip-hop artist that, you know, they kept saying this when he passed, <laughs> that your parents could listen to. That I think that in the early 90s when shit got grimy, not having the edge kind of took away from how people viewed you. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, so hold on. Let, let's address a couple of things. First of all, $150,000 is not a lot of money when you've invested, like, your whole life into, like, this rap shit. That's why it's like when 50 is saying, I signed a mill at the deal and I'm still on the grind. Listen to what he's saying. Got a mill out the deal and what? I'm still on the it's grind. to work. Yeah, because guess what? That million dollars, it's like, no, no, no. People understand that nigga needed to sell $10 million records for what he was about to have to pay back. What did CeeLo say on Decision Decision? They got to get back every cent you spent. Yeah. And so people need to understand. And some. And some. So when somebody's talking about handing me 150, it's like, well, they're handing me 150. But in that contract, I'm looking at it about how it says, 
oh, well, you got to pay back this for the studio time. You feel me? Like no, all no, that no, 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 no. I don't know if everybody understands this. Right, right. Everything most of y'all, is... I mean, I mean, not to be funny, but most of y'all never had a real contract like in front of you to know what I'm talking about to have to send it to an attorney to understand that like really 150 G's ain't a lot of money in this rap shit when they slide you that like this game is designed to take advantage of you. So it's like I'm very clear also what Master P said. Well, if they offering me this, what am I really worth? And so when I realized I got to the point, because that was the second six figure deal that it came along. When I realized I was getting to the point that they were starting to offer me something in the $100,000 range, like one twenty-five, one fifty, I was like, well, that means I'm worth at least a million. Well, this is the thing. Um, this is not like... And I know. wasn't 15 years old and coming out the projects. You feel me? I was a fucking homeowner. I was driving an infinity already. I already had gold. I'd already seen taking... You feel what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. what was you going to do? You gonna you gonna take me to the Caribbean because I just got back, motherfucker. You gonna buy me some jewelry because I just bought some. You gonna buy me a house? I just bought one. This is the thing. I think people look at it. Uh, who might not know? We're all fans of you know entertainment and entertainers. This isn't like you know you go play ball or whatever and you get a check and you go out there and play ball and everything you get is yours, right? With this. Everything that an artist spends, all the the trips, all the the touring, the the staff, it's coming out of your budget. So, so listen to what I was yeah, so it's all this. coming out of you. Like this is one of the things dinners on you. I had to record out of their studios. They're in Arizona. I'm in Atlanta. So guess what? The flights. That's on you. time. That's on me. Yeah. They don't so front like, it, so, but it's ultimately on right. you. So, yeah. so, so I'm going to get a statement at the end of the year for these $20,000 worth of flights in the studio time for about three months worth of work. Although I got to give them that back. That $150,000 yeah. is getting taxed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Dumb it down says uh, five of the most underrated. Fonte, 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 and Fonte. Coop, you are sleeping on the best rapper from your state. Um, The best rapper from our state is J. Cole. Huh. I've always said that best rapper is J. Cole. Rhapsody embodies us the most. Fonte is the most slept on. But Cole is the best. Let's not ever get that twisted. Cole's the best. I prefer Rhapsody in terms of what she represents for like North Carolina's hip hop yeah. grind and aesthetic. But Cole's the best rapper that came out of North Carolina. Like, ain't nobody really like, oh, we're not having that conversation, are we really? Fonte not better than Cole. But you know what? Again, back to that other conversation we were having. J. Cole means that to hip-hop overall, right? So even when you break it down to what he means to his town, to his state, it's the same thing. M is this only weird phenomenon where it's like somehow he's an all-time great in hip-hop, but the city of Detroit doesn't even view him in that way. The hip-hop scene. I mean, it's weird. It's weird. And you know, and I know people think I'm being funny when I say I don't really consider him a hip hop artist like that, but that's why. Like, I know it's just when it's so strong when you make that sentiment about somebody not being okay. So let me say this to you, Mike. Nelly never because Nelly means something to St. Louis. Go ahead. He does mean something to St. Louis. This was no matter how crossover he. No, 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 no. We're talking about my little bullshit. Uh, record deals and stuff but let's talk about you as a rapper in atlanta mike because aesthetically you and i both kind of uh 
stepped out of this sphere somewhat because we did not fit into the box that Atlanta had for how it was molding artists at the time. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, 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 definitely. So do you think that you would have gotten the love as an Atlanta artist at the time that you would have deserved and received? Had you, you get what I'm saying, Mike? Like, because you're somebody that actually would have fallen under the parameters. And I say this respectfully of somebody, they would have been like, oh, this nigga from Atlanta, based on everything that was going on at the time, because I suffered from it. Mike, you probably heard this, too. When yeah. you used to go out and perform, it's like, oh, you really rap rap. Yeah. They used you know to how, look at, how many times did you hear that down here when you perform, Mike? Probably like I did. Oh, you really rap rap, Coop. It's like, what do you mean I really rap rap? Whenever we used to perform at some of these showcases in Atlanta, and, and mind you, at the time, this is like, what, 03, 04, not to date myself too much, but what was going on at the time was like a little scrap, scrappy. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, T.I. was doing this thing. That kind of changed things. That helped people, you know, change their sound a little bit to the point where they were rapping, but it was still about real heavy beats when it comes to like the radio and pretty much not really rapping. They were calling me and uh, my partner, uh, Flawless, uh, Nate, they were calling us a little tribe called Quest. Like, we was... And you know, it was funny, man. When we would perform, people would be just staring at us like, what are these guys doing? It wasn't like people were at the bar not engaged. Like, they were literally just looking at us like, what am I watching right now? And, you know, if I could tell my younger self anything, I think we should have went up to Carolina and did more performing. And I think we should have went up top and did more performing. But we were so hell-bent, at least I was, hell-bent on making it out of our city. And our city at the time wasn't the market that was fitting what we were doing. So we had two choices to either change into what Atlanta was into at the time or sit there and try to force-feed people what we wanted them to hear. No, I mean, <clears throat> Mike, somebody we have actually referenced in this show already. Well, I had a beeline to that guy and he heard my first stuff that I did with me and six. Like <clears throat> before I went solo, I moved six down here. Well, I asked six to come down here from Charlotte so we could get the music thing cracking down here because I was down here. Right. We actually had inroads to uh, the biggest producer down here in he heard my stuff and he literally told our, you know, manager slash friend at the time, these guys are too intelligent. I don't know what to do with them. That was 2003, 2004. Yeah. Heard those things, too. I literally heard I was too intelligent. I heard I was too lyrical. I heard it's like, oh, you rap like you're not from here. It's yeah. like I heard. Got to oh, dumb it down. This, this, you know, this was my favorite. You actually be saying stuff and talking about stuff <laughs> when you rap. Well, this is the other part of it. And I don't want to call common. out anybody specifically. If you're in Atlanta, you probably know what I'm talking about. But what was happening, because I, uh, I was actually working in radio. But what was happening at the time, a lot of radio personalities on air and behind the scenes, they were invested in these artists that were getting buzzes. And so... <laughs> When they me and my partner were coming around and the music we were making was so contrast to that, we weren't good for their artists. You know what I'm saying? Us oh, no, coming along, want... and if we were to be successful, it wouldn't be good for the stuff that they were pushing. No, Mike, so, it's not. 
it's not that, Mike. And I just hate to say it like this. It's like, oh, well, somewhere along the line after Outkast and Goody and probably uh, it, trap music was probably like the set it off moment. But there yeah. was there got to a point down here where it's like, well, no. OK, so most of the guys that you see that got on in the 2000s from Atlanta, they paid for their slot. And I'm just going to say yeah, it. Like yeah, it yeah, I'm definitely. not saying Nick, they didn't count. But I know I know firsthand from going through it. It's I've like, seen no. It. I can take you to the people and I can tell you exactly what they asked me to pay them to play my record. And I, I can tell you too. I know who I had to pay 10 G's to. I know which DJs I had to play a G to at which strip clubs. I know which dancers yeah. I had to bring my boys to come see and have them take care of her all night and then slide her some money back on the way out the door. Like I know exactly yeah. how every last one of these games goes. That's so how the game was. A lot of these guys, when a lot of these guys are blowing up, it's like, well, I know how they're blowing up. And, and I hate to say it, and this is where Atlanta became unfortunate. It's like, well, damn. And I hate to say it like this, Mike. It's like, well, I got a whole case in charge pending right now. I can't go fucking move no fucking work and go do what they can do and pay you. So I guess I'm just going to have to wrap my ass off because that was my situation. It's like for what I was doing, I got caught up and then I couldn't do shit. And then I wasn't trying to pay them types of fees because that type of money wasn't coming in because I had a whole fucking case pending because the fucking Fulton County really came and put a fucking tap on my fucking bar. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that shit be real down here about motherfuckers paying for their slots and having to fucking sell fucking dope to fucking do it. That shit real. Well, I think that the thing, too, is, um, you know, and and this is why I'm not sad in the fact that radio is dead. They had the power to actually control what people heard. They abused it. They abused the artists, and they didn't go out there and make their decisions based on their judgment in music. They make their decisions based on who was paying them what. And you know what? Now that shit is dry. and ain't nobody paying these people who were in control that type of money to play records anymore. Unfortunately, they abused that moment. And they had many moments where they could have actually put on something special. And all that money's gone. So this is what I mean. So I knew an investment banker, okay? He lived next to somebody who, uh, of the female nighttime variety at her time, was probably the biggest attraction in the city, if not one of the top five, okay? And put me in contact with her about the music business side of things. Mm -hmm. I had a song on my first album. It's on iTunes. It's called Canopy, American Beauty, the untold story on iTunes by Coop. You can go look it up. It's called Canopy. I literally made that song to play the game in the strip clubs down here. I I can remember recording the song. My daughter had just been born and she was asleep in my cousin's room while we were recording in the studio in the next room. I literally like went and sat down and had a meeting with her, with my crew about what I needed to do to get paid in the strip club. And she literally, you know I mean? Off the strength of my investment banker friend told me how the game worked now in Atlanta. Cause I had been in Cali. I had just moved back. I was finishing the album here in Atlanta. But she literally broke down to me the pay for play schedule and which DJs you had to pay and how she was like, no, no, no. She was like, well, you got to give me this. She was like, first of all, you giving me this for showing up. Coop. You know what I'm saying? Second of all, she was like, when you come through, she was like, well, I need you to give me and my girl this and this. Right. She was like, and you got to give this DJ this. And she was like, and if you want, I'm going to take you around here. And then on Wednesday, we'll and like the full like it was like a whole fucking kit, Mike. And I'm thinking like and this is me. And, and I'm not, like, Mike, I started doing shit that I didn't even want to do about even playing that game. You feel me? This is me coming home 
having a kid, just being born, like, like, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh shit, I'm like, I need 20 G's to make 100 G's in this game. You yeah. feel me? It ain't fun like, no more, right? Right now, it's like, oh, because after I get done paying all of y'all, and I'm like, oh shit, it's like, and I gotta pay my bills. It's like, oh, I'm gonna need 20 G's this month. Where am I get 20 G's from? Exactly. Man that says Heavy D said uh got joints and he's lyrical. Hold on one second. Heavy D got joints and he's lyrical. On his blue funk, he got way more grimy. Found the sign acts to uptown, uh 90s Monifa, soul for real, etc. Legend. Yeah, Heavy D is a legend. Heavy D's done a lot in this game. Yeah, Uh LP says uh Fonte way better than Cole. Better writer, album, subject matter, wordplay. Cole got a better flow and punches. Even then, Fonte got better lines. Hmm. None of those things are true, Mike. None of those things are true. Tell like, me that says. One, like, you know, Koopa, I'm thinking everything you said. I'm trying to, I was like, man, like, not one thing you said is true. Tommy that says, Cooper self-made hustler. Hoes love Jeezy. Um, Hoes love, his love of Jeezy makes sense now. Agree with Mike. M been marketed was, as a pop so star. Mike, so- but so, he has technical rap skills. Go so ahead. He's one, he was one of the guys down here mm-hmm. when I was making my rounds where it was like, well, you know, G- I'm like, well, I don't got Jeezy money, nigga. You know, well, yeah. Jeezy. I mean, at that point, yeah, it was very tough to compete. Right. Like, so I'm saying it's like, oh, no, I was out rapping these dudes. But could I throw the money around like these dudes do to compete to get myself? Like, people used to call me. It's like, oh, I heard you in college radio at UGA. I'd be like, bitch, give me on Hot 97. Listen, man, I was working there. You know what I'm saying? I was working at Radio 1. Yeah, the price tags are real. But again, they all want to deny it. And that's fine. I get it. But let's just... I know a certain DJ that won't do a drop unless you slide him 10 racks. Mike, you know who I'm talking about. I remember this. I remember my first... It's like, is that all? Would you like a kidney? Maybe a spleen. Maybe some more of my daughter's tuition. I remember when I was interning, right? And I was in the actual, you know what I'm saying, radio joint answering the phone for the DJ. I won't say what DJ it was. But they give you a sheet, right? And they give you a list of songs. And they're like, look, uh, you answer in the request line. And if people request this song, you check it off or, you know, just basically tally it up. Any song outside of that is not considered. So you're not going to randomly call, because I've done this back in the day when I was a kid. I called a radio station and request uh, the Brat and Biggie's B-side. And they were like, okay, cool. Never hear that shit. Because it's no point to even hear it. They're, they're just not. giving you a list of songs that they're going to play anyway, and you have to request through those. Let me tell you what happened to me and my boy Tremaine on West Boulevard in Boulevard Homes one day, same year, 1995, year mm-hmm. of the show soundtrack, right? People have to understand, in 1995, the West Coast is still selling more records than all your favorite rapping-ass rappers, okay? Yeah. We asked them to play Bones Everyday Thing. We actually got on the line. We were like, play Everyday Thing. I want to do that record. Do you know these fools play On Them Things by Mac-10 instead? <laughs> Because on them thing was on that sheet. Yeah. Everyday thing was not on that sheet, Mike. And that's how that game got played. It's like, yeah. what do you say? Everyday thing by Bone? No, we don't got that. But play on them things by <laughs> Mac-10. Faux life selling records, fool. Ethan Hill says, uh, where's the love for Nick Grant as an MC? 
His mic performance is on on the Holy Ghost is crazy. Also, Grip is dope. I like Grip and I like Nick uh Nick Grant. Nick Grant's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember going up the elevator, man, at the radio station, and people would come up with bags of money. Like bags said, of money. I could and at that point I we knew were there, that, okay. Like, like, we've seen we've seen so much stuff happen in the Atlanta rap industry. People are like be like so like when people be like like, oh, y'all are just mad because y'all didn't make it. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I know exactly what I would have had to do to make it. And that's why I was like, how about you kiss my motherfucking ass and I'm going to keep my man? How about that? Nina, right. I, I was I was so young, naive, and I thought that, uh, you know, I know this sounds wild to people. It sounds wild to me now. I thought we were going to make it off of talent. Right. I thought that I thought just like on TV, you go out there and you rap good and somebody sees you and says, you know what? We're putting this person on. We're going to go in the studio and we're going to get their song on the radio and they're going to be stars. I thought that was what the process was. And that's where we it were was really not. stupid, Mike. Yeah. That's where we were stupid. But they sell people on that fantasy. Like anytime <laughs> you see this thing happen on television or even the artists when they tell their story, they act like it's some G golly story that no one tells people the truth. So now I'll, to- I'll get shout out to, and I will say this person's name. Shout out to DJ Jelly. He was the first person that told me, you know how this shit really goes. That's crazy. You know who else he put on? Holla. Yeah, he was yeah. honest. Like, listen, this is Jelly gonna cost honest. this, this, and this. No, no. Jelly always told niggas how the game went down here, and we should all respect him and appreciate him for that. Yeah. So. So here's how the game really goes when you're talented. You hear when the game is talking about how his first encounter with Snoop went? Yeah. I got about 10 encounters with that with famous rappers. Of course. And some of them and some of them are not from them. Some of them are even bigger and better than the guys that came out of here. And they'd be (laughs) like, I look here. And the game was just like us. He was like, oh, he not going to sign me? Okay. (laughs) Right. Right. Look here. I literally had... You know, somebody who, as far as Southern rappers is concerned, is arguably, in some people's opinion, the best rapper ever come out of the South, sit down, just me and him smoking a blunt and sipping on some lean, tell me, like, like, damn, you fired. I got to go do this show. Yeah. Keep it up. Right. What are you supposed to do with that? See you on the flip side. Right. It's like, well, damn. I mean, nigga gave me a vote of confidence because it's like he told me my shit was dope. But at the end of the day, it's like... Look at look at it on the other end. What is he supposed to do? Right. The expectations that we have for people on that other end are unreal and unreasonable. No, it is. Well, he's supposed to be like, you know what? Call my lawyer, um, and you know we're gonna set something up, and boom, it don't work like that, guy. And you want to know that whole meeting happened because somebody ran in, and this is what I mean. That whole even that whole exchange happened because somebody who was a real fan of my shit saw him. And was literally like, yo, I got somebody who shit you need to hear. Will you hold on a second? And came and got me. Yeah. Like, yo, outside downstairs, Coop. And I was like, oh, well, hold on, pause. Because that, that motherfucker deserve a pause right there about who he is. Let me go. Because you have. And that's what I mean about I got tired of playing the game. Because, Mike, I'm a grown ass man. And I think people who know me and know this podcast well. It's like, well, I don't like Cowtown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the game to get in the game. I'm sorry. It's like, man, like. You just be on your fucking knees a lot. And it's like a nigga just didn't like being like even that whole encounter. 
that was one of those things that stirred me away. You're at the mercy like, of like, someone else's I opinion. I didn't like having to stop my flow and what I was doing as a man with my life to go play my shit for another man just to have him give me like some pat on the, oh, good job, keep it up. It's like, bitch, right. I don't need a coach. I need a deal. What the fuck is up with you? know what right, I'm saying? Right, I'm looking for the yams. Right. And, <laughs> but, also too, but, but also too, you got to look at it from his position and it's like, yeah. well, what is he supposed to do with me in this moment right uh, this moment exactly. right now in time anyway that's about to change the situation and so that's why I like guys like Sauce who's like the labels is coming to sign him and he's like you see these two Rolls Royces outside nigga <laughs> no 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 I love him more than I love any rapping ass rapper because if you've ever lived this life and had to play those games, well, he's not kowtowing to people because he doesn't have to. And this game literally sets you up as a black man to kiss other people's ass. It's like it's like you kiss a black man's ass to suck a white man's dick. And it's like I didn't want to get to sucking a white man's dick, so I stopped kissing a black man's ass. Well, on that note, Jay, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, Nas is the most underrated. Um, no one can make a legitimate music or bar argument against him being the greatest. Um, did he say underrated? Okay. He's beyond Jordan, and it's comical to anyone else who's in the discussion. I'm not trolling. LP says, all for you, Speedway for me, uh, expensive games, last days, next day, uh, that ain't love, slow it down, etc. Cool. Cole don't have those in his catalog. I love the Fonte love. It's really dope. Um, Clayton is asleep says, Hold on, hold on. Once That's an Attic is my favorite J. Cole verse. Uh, how do you it's, feel about it? That's not his best verse to me. We have a hardcore North Carolina following, apparently, and it's showing in the Fonte <laughs> love. It's not changing any of, my, any of my sentiments about Cole. Did you hear? Hold on, Mike. You were asking me before the show started. You were like, what's the best hip-hop song or verse this year? And I was thinking to myself, well, damn, same song. Same guy, because it's Johnny P's caddy, and the verse probably belongs to J. Cole. You feel me? I'm that with was, you. That was, because how about this? This is my off-of-the-top-head thought when you taught me that. And so the off-the-top-of-the-head off thought is kind of like the eye test in basketball or football. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, when you said it to me, I immediately thought about him on Johnny P's caddy, that song, how that song played, in his verse. I have to think about it further to pick somebody else that puts him in pole position. Right. Font doesn't have one guest appearance that makes you feel or think that offhand. You understand what I'm saying? Fonte don't have one guest verse where you hear it and five, six months later, one of your friends comes to you and is like, what's the verse in the song of the year? And you're like, that nigga Cole is the first thought. No, Fonte ain't got it like that, man. Like, and y'all need to stop that in Carolina. They think that. <laughs> well, speaking of which, Pusha T went out there and Pearl said... Vietnam, Central, like, yeah, yo, Dub C, like, but no. Pusha Next. T went out uh, at his show and said that It's Almost Dry is album of the year. Still. Do you think that It's Almost Dry is 2020, 2022, excuse me, album of the year so far? We're in June. No. Okay. Ransom better? Better? Uh, Shay Noir's album is better. Black Star's album is better. Specifically, those three albums. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to Tana Talk Four today. This is a great year for four Mike albums. You know what I mean? Or four out of fives. Four Purple Tapes is a great year for four Purple Tapes out of five Mike because there's a lot of four Purple Tape shit going on. All right, a lot of fours. Yeah. Tana Talk Four. 
It's almost dry. Mr. Morale, God Don't Make Mistakes, Continuance by Currency and Alchemist. Uh, Love the Genius. You think Mr. Morale's a four? Yeah, it's a four. It's a very interesting album because it's very strong in its high points. Yeah, it's very low in terms of replay value. You have to be able to play this stuff. You can put Death Certificate on today, Mike. Yeah. You can put Death Certificate on today. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. I, I do it all the time. Right, I, I was saying death certificate specifically because yeah. I know you be listening to death certificates sometimes. A lot. Right, because it's dope. It's fuck. I think that the writing that Kendrick displayed on this album is some of the best writing of his career and of 2022, but it just doesn't come together in that way where, like you said, the replay value is there. It's some of the best writing that you'll find, period. Uh, mm-hmm. Earth Gang with Ghetto Gods is better. That is. Yeah, so I, just I think that's be- better. Yeah, that's so- better than it's almost dry. And you know what? I think off top, it, it's <laughs> almost dry, and I have kind of a, you know, I had a lukewarm reaction to it, but I think mm-hmm. off top, man, no fear of time and Earth Gang's album are just easily better. Like without discussion, without me. Those are, those are without it. discussion better, and then the yeah. ransom and the Che. If you dig in on them, it's like well, he had more highlights, but they're better from beginning to end. Yeah, and so. The most he could hope for right now is fifth place if it's almost dry. And it's June. And, and it's June. Hold on, hold on. Listen to what I'm saying. Dramatic ain't came out yet. Well, Kendrick's album's not a top five rap album this year. That's not going to happen. Wow. Because KD3 is on the way. KD3 is on the way. Lupe's yeah, so on the way, too. I don't want to sleep on that. Gibbs might still pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dramatic is coming. I, I think Dramatic's going to be strong. Yeah. Like, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is not even going to go down as a top five rap album this year. So that would probably be, like, a hot take for this show. It's like, that's not going to be a top five rap album this year. So what does that mean for Kendrick? Does that mean anything? It means a lot. It's the first time he hasn't made a top five rap album in a year. But also, too, ain't nobody ever been outside like this in a year where he dropped that. I was about to say that. Which is exactly what we were saying. Let's compare what it is that this guy does. When everybody's outside, and what is when everybody's outside? Guess what? He's not the top dog. He's. It's just I'm not saying that in a shady way. I don't think people understand it. It's like no, Kendrick is the. And only that was no MC. pun intended. Either. Oh, no, no, no. That was a soft Kendrick is the only MC that's come out post 2005 that I even think deserves real top 20 consideration. So I obviously think highly of him. He's mm-hmm. the only one that's come out post-2005 that I think deserves top 20 con- consideration. Like, as in, like, off the top of my head, is Kendrick Lamar one of the 20 greatest MCs of all time? Yes, he is. It's like, is J. Cole? It's like, oh, shit, I don't know. Pull the catalog out again real quick. Let me see the verses. Let me see. You get what I'm saying? He's the only person that I'll slide in there unquestioned. So I think highly of him. But this is also the first time he's been outside or everybody else been outside. And does At he have the album of the year? Yeah. Well, no. And that's, hold on, Mike. Well, that would kind of prove the point that we've been making and that we've been saying. And so yeah. people need to kind of like like get off of us a little bit because all we've been saying is like, no, I know you're great. I know you're all time great. Will you come outside and release a project when everybody else is outside and great and see how you stack up against competition in a competitive sport? Well, you and sound what, like me when I'm talking about Steph. It, no, it's very comparable to Steph in the sense that it's like, well... How you look when these other guys on the court balling? Because like I told you, you got a finals MVP. Out of five, what I told you, the problem with Steph and really four, 
of the five finals that he's played in, it's like, well, he's been the third best player on the court most of the time. Because for at least three of those finals, it was like LeBron and Durant on the court, right? Like, for, for definitely for two straight finals, LeBron and Durant were on the court while he was balling his ass off and nobody noticed. Yeah. You want to know why? Because you were the third best player on the court. You're balling your ass off and then balling their ass off puts you as the third best player on the court. Now, and in 2017, I- Mr. Morale might have scored higher points with that's its what peers. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yes, and that's why it's been so hard to rate his classic albums. It's like... Well, who came out with something that could fuck with Dan? Yeah. I told you the biggest competition he ever had was Life is Good. The year Good Kid Mad City came out. Yeah. Life is Good is like Nas's seventh or eighth best album. It might be his sixth best album on a good day by a stand, Mike. But really, realistically, if you have Life is Good any higher than like six on your list, you're not being realistic about his catalog. So his biggest competition for all the albums he ever released prior to this year was Nas's sixth or seventh or eighth best album. That's not viable comp now, is it? It's not. LP with the Super Chat says, no album higher than a four yet. Brambleton's still great. Yeah, we got... No, no, no. I'm saying saying there's a lot of fours floating around. That Black Star's a 4.75. I think that Che and that Ransom's a 4.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Ghetto Gods is probably a 4.5. Uh, 007 with the Super Chat says, Nas is touring worldwide. He is rhyming. Uh, I'm sorry. He is in rhythm. Then the tour with Wu-Tang later this year? That tells me what um, what mode he's in. KD3 will be album of the year. You heard it here first. I like the mode. Listen, if Magic is a warm-up, I love the mode he's in. If Magic is a warm-up and it's an in-between situation, and like you said, you're touring with Wu-Tang of all people. You're hearing these records night in and night out. KD3 is probably going to be some crazy stuff. Right. So, well, I guess we can leave it on that note, right? I mean, we can probably get to our ratings and stuff on Friday. I know we, you know, we went on some wild to, tangents we, and whatnot. We went, We're like three hours in. I was about to say, we went on so many tens, we didn't get to get to one of the core points in our show, was actually doing some MC ratings. How about this? How many? How, how far are we in? Did you want to just do a little AZ talk right quick? Because I know we kind of got into it. But we maybe did didn't some AZ good. talk. Um, okay, how would you rate AZ lyrically? You want to do that? How about, well, I was about to say, where are we time-wise? Uh, like, we're like three hours and 12 minutes in. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's time to wrap up. That's yeah. usually... Yeah, we got to go. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do this Friday and we'll be more organized about that on Friday because I don't think anything's coming out this Friday specifically. I will say this. Can I just say this about AZ right quick? Uh-huh. He has put together... See, I think a lot of what happened to AZ is, is that when that firm thing didn't go well and, you know, there have been talks, you know, and, 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 and Nas is even said it in an interview one time, there was a time where it's like, it was like, fuck that nigga A, and then nigga A was like, fuck that nigga Nas. So they've had riffs. And I think the riff happened kind of like after the Firm album. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like kind of 98-ish to 2000-ish, there was probably a falling out. I think the comeback is on the fly. It's on Stillmatic. Because if you'll notice, there's no AZ on I Am, Nostradamus, Lost. 
tapes. He totally disappears. He's on he's on Illmatic and it was written and then he doesn't come back till Stillmatic. And so I think there was a falling out between them. But what he did in that time, and you'll probably remember this record. Do you remember Pieces of a Man? Mm-hmm. Very dope album. And Nine Lives? Yeah. Well, those albums kind of started AZ's Independence. And I was thinking, like, AZ's Independence is actually one of the blueprints for what groups like Griselda have done. And so when I'm hearing him on Griselda years later, and then I'm pulling his catalog back out, it's like, man, actually this road that Griselda traveled... Well, Rock Marcy and AZ were there first. And the That's fallout, a very interesting take. Yes. Well, here's what I'm saying is, is that, well, AZ, because of the Nas affiliation, and this is what I mean about how rap always wins, Mike, that verse on Life's a Bitch changed his life forever because it put him in the room with people like Dr. Dre. Yeah. And people like Nas and gave him the type of relationships that, listen to what I'm about to say. AZ is really one of the first niggas to take this independent ball out of New York and run with it. You're and that's right. what I would talk about more because when I'm looking at his catalog, it's like AZ is the one that started that quiet money music and started getting that quiet independent money without being concerned with having to get a Nas feature or a Dr. Dre track or a track from Primo, even though there's Primo shit in there. His feature on Illmatic lasts forever. Like it's it's always going to be a part of so, 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 listen, so when you're talking about street records, it's like I always tell people this. It's like, well, Shick One's Part 2 isn't a bigger street record than Life's a Bitch, so weigh it properly. And the verses mm. aren't bad. It's not. Life's a Blue. Bitch is a more timeless theme than they shook because ain't no such things as halfway crooks, Mike. What's the more timeless theme? What's the better lyrical performance? This, this One of those songs has an actual jazz musician playing jazz on it. You get what I'm saying? A street Life's a Bitch has the better lyrical performance. But, it's not even a question of lyrical performance. Yeah, but the overall song, I'm going with Shook Ones. The Blue Collar, Blue Collar Hustler with the Super Chat says, Everyone was outside in 2012. Nas, Lupe, Killer Mike, Blue, Meek Mill, Game, Rick Ross, Future, Crit, and Joey Badass. Very similar to this year. Uh, LP says, NC Cats downplay Fonte and Steph shaking my head. LOL. Right. Um, Steph hey, is Steph. from Carolina. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Steph is a top 15 player, and Fonte is a top five MC out of Carolina, probably top three. Actually, he's is Fonte better than MJG? <clears throat> How, okay. So hold on. Can we say something right there? Because one of the things that I want to cover. When we do the rankings, because I talked to Cuz today, and you know, he's like my wealth of information and where I go to for my stuff. Well, he said something to me that's strong about a couple things that I want to bring up right quick if I can. I'm just going to go to my notes because I was literally taking notes while he said this. He said a couple things about our ratings list. First of all, he said, are you sure voice and delivery shouldn't be put together the way you put together freestyle and live performance and the way you put together content and subject matter? I think we got to put some things together. I agree with that. Because it tends to go hand in hand. And the only the only thing that I had for him, because he said the guys with the best voices usually have the best deliveries. They kind of go hand in hand. And I said, well, Jay-Z would be the outlier to that. And he said, well, that's the only outlier, really if you really think about it, of an all-time great delivery and not an all-time great voice. And when he said that, I was like, and I said, what about Kanye? Huh? What about Kanye? I think Kanye has a really good delivery, not a great voice. His delivery is not where those other guys are to me. Okay. Like his delivery is not where Jay or Meth or Big, like he's not, no, he's not that. Okay. Like he's, his delivery is not even better than Nas's delivery. And I would put Nas at the low end of this discussion on delivery. You feel me? Hmm. Just to be fair, how I'll put Jay at the low end of lyricism for the high end, 
I would put big, I would put Nas at the low end for the delivery people. You feel what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, he's not big, Biggie or Method Man with his delivery, but he dope as fuck with his delivery. But low end, and so I don't even think Kanye is that. But here's another thing that he brought up, and I found this funny coming from him because this is the dude that put me on the three six and DJ Click and shit like that. Um, social impact. He said there needs to be a way to weigh social impact. He said, I don't know how you need to do it. And it's funny that he said that. You know what I was listening to when I was pulling into his neighborhood? Bring the noise. <laughs> I figured you were going to say public enemy. It was. And no, yeah. and this is literally by chance. And I played it like three or four times so all the white people in the neighborhood can hear me. Once again, back gets the incredible wow. Ron Annabelle. Yeah. Right. And so when we're talking about Chuck earlier and what he does for Ice Cube and for Tupac and even when Cuz is saying this and I had to finish his sentence, he was like, that social impact matters. He was like, because... He's like, when you influence the social impact, you take somebody like Tupac. And I said, and that makes him greater than Biggie. And he looked at me and he nodded. He said the social impact of it. And we talked about the bar that you shared about what lyrics are with, you know, I remember Marvin Gaye used to sing to me. And and this is the music producer talking. He's like, yeah, man. He said, it don't got to be complicated for it to be lyrical and be a bar. That's what soul is, you know. And that's exactly what he said. He's like, that's what he's like. That shit hit your soul. Yeah. Top of that with the super chat says dynasty or beg for mercy. Off top, I'd say dynasty. But if somebody said the other way around, I wouldn't. Yeah. Off top, I say neither. Uh, Jay Short says isn't Supreme Clientele two, uh, two dropping this year? I believe it when I see it. I told you I didn't believe that because Kanye was involved. I told you I believe that when uh, I had that talk last year. Kanye like, puts out albums. All right, guys, let's get up out of here, man. We really appreciate y'all rocking with us. And, um, yeah, go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you already haven't. On According to Hip Hop, on YouTube, hit the bell icon. You know, all the people that are listening to us on streaming platforms, if you want to join this conversation live, make sure you go to YouTube, follow According to Hip Hop, or subscribe to According to Hip Hop on YouTube. Hit the bell icon so you know when we're going live. And, yeah, man, we're going to see y'all Friday because I'm sure we got a lot to get to on Friday as well. Steph is top 15, but he's not KB. Nope.